Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of The Sea Report coming to you live on this Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Happy July, everybody. Happy 1st of July. I am your host, Mr. C, and uh, we'll be here for the next couple of hours just hanging out. Awesome. We'll be here for the next couple of hours just hanging out. I see we already got a couple of people coming in. Hey, MonkeyToe71, how are you doing? Good to see you there in the chat room. Um, yes, we have a we have a pretty good show for you guys tonight. We'll see what we'll be talking about. Uh, we got what uh, we'll be talking about California tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, putting a little bit of focus over there on the good old California IA, and uh, we'll be uh, kind of delving into some of the things that are going on recently over there. Now, not like you know they got some stuff going on. We'll get into it. We'll talk a little bit about Gavin Newsom's recall and some of the ploys that he and the Democrat-led House and Legislature are doing to kind of help. Help him out in this time of need, as well as some ballot fraud that was uh, discovered over in California that might well spur some Californians to uh, really push for that um, uh, be- uh, that uh, voter election um, forensic audit over there. Uh, now, you know, we're always searching for some good election fraud news here at the Sea Report, and we like to report on it just so that everybody knows that election fraud does exist. And I think the key thing there to remember is that, uh, you know, the uh, the mainstream, lamestream, fake news media, they are always saying there's no such thing as election fraud. And, of course, uh, we reported on mountains of election fraud, uh, whether it be small or whether it be big, nothing is too small when it comes to the integrity and the sanctity of our elections. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that over there happening in California. Uh, We'll also be talking about uh, a little bit of stuff going on in Arizona. Not a whole lot, but a lot having to do with the Supreme Court and uh, a new ruling that they did basically favoring election integrity. Go figure, right? Uh, Supreme Court favoring election integrity. What a concept, right? Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll finally, we'll close it up with Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of Snake over there at the state of Georgia, and uh, exactly how he he has, uh, you know, kind of weaseled his way out of his wrongdoings. It seems that uh, the chicks are coming home to roost. It seems that uh, the seeds that he's sown are starting to fruit. And uh, he's trying to get himself out of it like nobody's business. Uh, he's basically just a sec- secretary of weasels over there in Georgia trying to cover his hiney um, over the actions that he took during the 2020 presidential election coup, I would say, if anything, it seems like Brad Raffensperger, man, he is walking back everything he can trying to save his tuchus from uh, getting smeared by, uh, you know, the United States of America and the people taking a belt whip into him. Uh, I think he's uh, he's pretty afraid. He Basically, what it boils down to is he does not want to take responsibility for his actions and he's blaming everybody everybody but himself. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live on the Foxhole app on Trovo and on Twitch. We got plenty of people 
coming into the chat room now. I hope everyone's having a great night. We got Monkey Toe 71 looking up Diddy Style 93. What is going on, brother? Good to see you in the chat room, sir. Also, Just V is in the house. How are you doing, sweetie? Henry 4570 slash wave oh he's waving i was like that's right we got a red wave we got a trump wave you know we got the good old all-american wave we're in the month of july we're in our uh country's founding uh independence month so what a great way to start off the day hey posse for hope good to see you good to see everybody out there um and happy first of july we'll be saying happy fourth of july in a few days i was like the fourth of july what are we on uh we are here on a Thursday, 1st of July. So it looks like 4th of July will be on the Sunday, the 4th. Uh, now we know that President Trump also has a rally coming up on Saturday, the 3rd, down in Florida. So that should be exciting, to say the least. Um, but let's see here. Hey, Palmer, 1951. Good to see a joy for Trump. Howdy, howdy, ho. Um, so 4th of July. Uh, we will be on the air for the Fourth of July. I'm gonna have to tell Texan to bust out his uh, to bust out his uh, um, good old glory uh, gear, and so we can get ready to go now. Oh man. I would have worn my American flag tile. Maybe I'll get dressed up. I don't know. The Lone Star News program that we run on Sundays here at Mr. CTV. Now that, that is a, it's a casual affair. You know what I mean? But we'll see. We'll see. Cause um, I, you know, I like to wear my old glory, especially on the 4th of July. Wow. I can't believe it's on the Sunday. Well, I guess we'll see how it goes. Looking up. Good to see you, ma'am. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good to have you back in the audience. Hope you guys are ready for a good show. Now let's do a quick chat recap from last week. We had the Texan in the house. Mitradate was in the house. Just V, Cloud Watcher. Um, and also we have here with us uh, Merkers. Hey Merkers, what's going on? I think uh, that's the first time I've seen Merkers in the chat. So I hope you all gave Merkers a warm welcome. Um, and let's see, we had a, uh, what does Mitradate say? Oh yeah, we kind of we kind of chatted with Mitradate a little bit last week. <laughs> So we'll spare that. We'll spare that. Napkinator79 gifted some shades last week. Bar left a scar. Bogus bar dumb. I would agree with you there, Mr. Napkinator79. Uh, let's see. We also had Texas Gal. Texas Gal in the house wishing the Texans safe travels. Sherry Pittsburgh. Sherry Pittsburgh was in the house as well. Ironwood. But we need our drugs, right? Jack my gas up so we can have lower crack prices. You know, I'm pretty sure that that was in reference to what we were talking about uh, in regards to President Trump's um, uh, press, uh, press briefing there. Oh, sorry. Thought this thing slipped down. Uh, his press briefing over there. Now he had a he had a oh, press conference is probably a better word to say. Now you know they that was a pretty crazy. Uh, they're saying thousands of pounds of fentanyl, methamphetamines, and heroin were coming into the United States. Now, just to give you guys an idea of of how dramatic that was, the supplies in such high. Uh, quantities that the demand, eh, you know, they got to move their stuff. 
And we're talking about, you know, uh, these drugs, these designer drugs, right? Designer drugs designed by a cartel down south of the border. I don't get it, but, you know, that's what the kids are into these days. Apparently, going for those are $10 or $15 is what the sheriffs and the Border Patrol was telling him over there. Um, whereas they said in in recent years, they've been as high as $80 to $100 a gram. They're now down to $10 to $15 a gram. So, yeah, they're pretty much uh, doing everything they can to move their product uh, because of Joe Biden, illegitimate Joe's policies at the border. It seems that we just have a whole lot of designer drugs coming into the United States of America. Hey there, Blonde Blue Lady Q. Good to have you in the house. Persnick also one foot in 5D. Hey, Alara. What's up? Thanks for joining us here on the Sea Report this afternoon or this evening, I should say. Durdurius also in the house. Hey, Durdurius. I just, I love the way your name sounds, Durdurius. Like I just, you know, <laughs> like this, uh, this other user we had over here. What was that? Uh, uh, Merkers and Durdurius. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those silly things that I have. It's like a little like tick i have i'm like dur <laughs> awesome good to have you guys with us uh let's see what else we got in here anyone else coming in brand new weaponized truth hey there weaponized truth good to see you did i say hello to persnick already hello persnick and blonde blue lady q thank you for gifting the can making sure that i don't get dehydrated throughout the course of this uh broadcast uh let's see now going back to chat recap from last week now for those of you who are new for those of you who are new to the C-Report, um, we do a chat recap at the head of the show, um, um, every show, just because I don't always get to pay attention to chat throughout. So, you know, we'll recap it. It's kind of a previous on Mr. C. And, uh, you know, we get we get to have a little bit of fun with what everyone was talking about. So I know sometimes there have been occasions where uh, we've had some... Uh, We've had some interesting chat in the conversation. I, I've been asked by some viewers not to uh, <laughs> repeat or mention. And uh, yes, my lips are always sealed. So, you know, I'm very good about that kind of thing. So you don't got to worry on my part. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's fun. It's fun. I get to I get to uh, relive the experience with uh, with the viewers here at the Sea Report. So that's what we're doing right now, ladies and gentlemen. Ohio Kimmy, welcome, welcome. Good evening, ma'am. Good to see you again. All right. So let's, who else do we have? Have in the chat. We also had foosborn at AOL.com. Do people still use AOL? <laughs> Apparently so. Foosborn does. Welcome to the chat. I think that's the first time I've seen your name across our chat. Joy for Trump says lurking while watching President Trump and Governor Abbott during a town hall interview with Fox News. Hannity. Oh, Joy for Trump. You are reading my mind. Okay, so yes, President Trump did do a town hall with Hannity last night. Uh, it was about 40 to 45 minutes long. Now we are going to air that entire town hall tonight, but because it was at such a length, we are actually going to do it at the tail end of today's show. Um, so if any of y'all missed Hannity and uh, Trump during his town hall, it was pretty good. You know, it was a very lively audience, you know, so it was, uh, it was very uh, enthusiastic, but we will actually air that at the, um, at the tail end of today's show. Uh, don't worry guys, Trump still leads at the C report. So we will be doing some Trump news before we get into today's stories. Uh, let's see, Joy for Trump gifting a cookie. Thank you so much for the cookie. I always love it when you guys bring your snacks bring your snacks and uh, it's always a great thing service dog mom or yeah circus dog mom was also in the house yesterday um let's see oh that was me empress beach to you 
as always, joining us. And thank you for coming on in and also for donating one, two, three cookies. <laughs> and for speech to you, we do definitely appreciate your donations over here at the C Report. Let's see. She said, Empress Speech to you says, time for you to go back to school and learn how to stream the bunker. Sweet man. Oh, you know, I'm still okay. To be honest, guys, I know I told you guys that I would get in touch with the boss and ask him about streaming to the bunker. Um, and I, I, I have not yet. Uh, you know, he's a busy man. I'm a busy man. And uh, I will get to that as soon as possible. But um, from my understanding, you know, there was not a DDoS attack. So hopefully uh, all technical issues aside, that's what I was like, let's not focus on people attacking the foxhole. Because if we do, we just lend credence to their attacks. How about we just send positive vibes and prayers to the foxhole and the hard workers behind it, the mats and also uh, Mr. Methods over there. Posse for Hope uh, was also in the house yesterday. Skeeter Burke! They should put a Made in China bumper sticker on an old tank and then blow it up for target practice. Uh, are we talking about a tank of gas or uh, the kind of tank that you take to war? No, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm sure Skeeter Burke will be able to clarify at some point. Uh, D Patriot 1776 also in the house. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, yeah. Skeeter Burke was asking about the DDoS. Now, that was kind of the rumor around the water cooler, uh, but I don't think that was quite what was going on if I heard heard correctly. I was lurking a little bit this morning. I'll be honest with you guys. Okay. And also Skeeter Burke, Oblos, Tex-Mex. All right. Welcome to the club, Skeeter Burke. Belushi was also in the house yesterday, hanging out for a bit. And uh, let's see who else did we have. Uh, da -da 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 -da. We also had in the house. Yeah, it was pretty live yesterday. Oh, no, wait. We were live yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see here. Posse for Hope, Belushi, the Patriot, something that ever noticed that the two maskers have masks that are two different colors to show they are wearing two masks. So saith D Patriot 1776. Yes, D Patriot. I don't know what's up with that. It's like if they're not going to get a tattoo saying that they're fully vaccinated, they got to wear their two masks just to signal that they are taking this, uh, this shamdemic completely seriously. And I don't know. I was actually out and about today in the city. And I am just totally heartened by the fact that there are a lot of people out there that are no longer wearing their masks. And I also love the fact that even employers are not requiring their employees to wear the mask unless at their discretion they do. Now, I still have some family members that mask up. Um, we've already had our heartfelt, passionate philosophical debates about those masks. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it boils down at this point, especially in my family, to an each their own. Uh, we are all very strong-headed and strong-willed in uh, my family. So uh, it just, you know, it ends with either uh, a lot of debate that just rubs everybody into the ground or, you know, um, uh, not so pleasant engagements. So, you know, I mean, at this point, I just, for my family, if they choose to wear the mask, and uh, that is their calling. I can't say anything, but I will tell you what. Sometimes they don't wear their mask whenever they're hanging out with me and we're going into stores. And I'm like, oh, you don't quite look like a ninja today. <laughs> and it's good to see your face. Everyone wants to see your smile. Everyone wants to see that happy face. And I have to say, um, whenever we've, we've, uh, talked about it or anytime I've read about or seen reports on the masks and the children 
I think, man, you know, the movie Fortress scarred me as a child. Now, growing up as a child, I was very, very sheltered and sequestered from rated R movies and really negative things of that sort. Like, I never saw any of the Jasons. I never saw any of the Friday of the 13th. I never saw any of the Chuckies. Stuff like that, right? But somehow, I managed to see the movie Fortress, uh, uh, and if you guys don't recall what that movie is about, it's about uh, what a rural school that gets kidnapped, like this little like little house on the prairie type school gets kidnapped by four masked men. That movie scarred me almost for life. I mean, if anytime I see a person wearing a Santa Claus mask, a duck mask, a fox mask, or a cat mask, I'm just like nigh on petrified. Well. Just think about the children nowadays, you know, the kids who are who are surrounded by a bunch of freaked out adults wearing masks. They can't even see their faces. Those are the ones that I feel for in that situation. So, you know, I mean, uh, uh, barring looking like a creep or like, you know, illegitimate Joe Biden, pedo Joe, I would make it a point to smile and engage more at the head end of this masklessness than now, because now everybody's not wearing a mask, at least in my area. Whenever I go out, I'm seeing like what, you know, 40, 50, 60% of the population are not wearing their masks. Usually it's the older people or, you know, the younger SJW types, you know, the ones that have like, uh, you know, like a colored hair and uh, like 50 piercings on their face and torn stockings on their arms and legs in shorts. Um, you know, <laughs> those are usually, and uh, I hate to say it, but they're usually overweight also. Um, now that's, I mean, I am overweight guys. If in case you haven't noticed since I've been on the air, I've put on a few pounds, but it's okay. I love myself. There's more to love, but doesn't mean that I shouldn't be exercising anyways. Okay. <laughs> it's not about me. Okay. So, all right. So, um, okay. So they are the ones that are usually wearing the masks, uh, not anybody else. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are already freed from that spell. Like I said, the spell has been broken, ladies and gentlemen. And especially in Texas, people are just, like I said, between 40 and 60 percent, which is a higher number than it was a couple of months ago, even a month ago. Uh, so I'm very happy about that most definitely okay and yes it is it's always a certain type of person that's double masking and they have to show you that they are double masking because they're just so proud of being uh being considerate of their fellow human being all right well i guess that's whatever right Okay, let's see what else we got from yesterday's chat. Um, let's see here. Biggest attack by China and our own traders. Just V. Again, we're still in the realm of COVID-19. And you know, uh, you know, Just V, I'm pretty sure that we're on the brink of that coming out. Uh, for seriously, though, uh, because, uh, you know, we're seeing that the money went back to China. We're seeing that America engaged uh, these labs from the NIH through Eco, was it Eco, Eco Health System? systems or ecological systems that we were funneling money over there, you know, and also the Chinese military was involved with that. And now that's also come out. Uh, so a lot of people are saying, yes, this might have indeed been a, uh, uh, an attack on an act of war on America and indeed the world. Now, here's the next question. Because if you guys are aware about how your insurance companies are handling this, uh, in case you didn't know, 
um, if you guys take an emergency, uh, a gene therapy session or, you know, emergency vaccine that has no approval by the FDA, your insurance will not cover it. That's life insurance and otherwise. And also they don't cover acts of war. So, you know, one thing that I kind of thought when I found that out was that um, this might have also been a big payoff to all of the insurance companies who are giving money to the DNC, the liberals, the progressives, they got a huge payoff because now they can cancel all of your insurance policies, America. If you took the experimental vaccine gene therapy sessions, well, I guess they get to pocket all the money you've been paying. Even if you've been paying on your plan for 30, 40, 50 years, it's gone if you pass because you took this experimental gene therapy vaccine session. So uh, that's something that people didn't think about, but I would, I would, uh, I would most definitely encourage you all to uh, get that in writing. And I know uh, I would probably say what 95% of my audience right now did not take the experimental gene therapy vaccine session, but to the rest of the world and anyone who might be catching this broadcast out there, whether you're on Trovo, Twitch, or, well, I'm not going to say the Foxhole app. I know probably 99% of you guys at the Foxhole app did not get your gene therapy session, but everybody else did out there in the other realms uh, that are watching this program, uh, then they would should try and get that in writing. Contact your, uh, your local, because they're going to tell you you have to do this local. Contact your local insurance agent and get it in writing that you will not be uh, excluded or banned or uh, what do you call it? Uh, you won't be uh, docked for uh, getting this experimental gene therapy and that your insurance is still valid. Um, you might be uh, you might be waiting for a minute on that response. We also had Don S in the house yesterday. Posse for Hope says the flu vax people are the one who got sick. Years of the poison triggered it. Yeah, I would agree to, to most of that right there. Posse for Hope, uh, because if y'all you guys have all noticed people who have gotten this vaccine have gotten that breakthrough covid sickness. Like the Texan calls it the Rona. <laughs> Hey, Texan, we call it the Rona on my side of the tracks also. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and they're the ones who are still getting sick. Uh, and, you know, um, we don't have time to cover it here at the Sea Report. But even, for example, uh, like the, the whole thing with the heart inflammation that's coming up with the children and the young ones, like, yeah, they had to put that on their labels. May cause heart inflammation, may, may kill your children, you know, so uh, they are the ones who are getting sick. Uh, they are the ones who it's going to be like, it's going to be like, what was that one movie where the guy, where uh, this guy was living in a world where no one could have children. What was it like son of man or children of men or something like that was the name of the movie. Uh, like where everyone, and there had been no children, no children for like what decades, like no one had given uh, birth to a live baby. No one had been fertile. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe that was part of this ploy, you know, because uh, they all say that this kind of, you know, boiled down to uh, uh, population control. And I could definitely believe that as being something that is a fact. Uh, it's very believable based on what we're seeing nowadays. Skeeterberg comes in with, I thought the name sounded familiar. Herschel Walker. Yeah, he'll be doubly famous. So Herschel Walker uh, um, uh, has been has been kind of coy about running for the Senate in Georgia. 
Uh, we know that President Trump has kind of egged him on a bit about it. Uh, we know that uh, that is something that he's kind of said uh, in a statement or two. Uh, and he mentioned it again on that previous um, uh, interview that we heard yesterday with that Buck Sexton. <laughs> What a name, Buck Sexton. But yeah, so we'll see how that goes. And it seems that Herschel is definitely on Team Trump. I would say Team America. And uh, so that's something that we can look forward to there to help out the state of Georgia. We'll talk a little bit about Georgia later on at uh, the as the show goes on. One Eagle Five was also in the house. Good to see you, One Eagle Five. Uh, for some reason, I was in the chat a lot. We must have had some videos, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, yes, President Trump was down in the Rio Grande Valley yesterday when he was doing his um, tour of the border. Don S says, I saw the press secretary had like 600 views. Wow, just wow. Yeah, these guys are getting absolutely zero viewers. No one's watching them live. Uh, many, Not many people are watching the replay. I think there was one that recently uh, was like, maybe it was today or yesterday where Jill Biden was doing, oh yes, it was Jill Biden was down in Arizona. Jill Biden was down in Arizona and uh, she was, what, 2.2 or 2.5 miles away from the Veterans Memorial Coliseum doing a walkthrough of a COVID situation, uh, you know, set up there. And she gave a live presser, I guess. And she had like, it was like 100 and something live views with six likes and 18 dislikes. That says a lot. I mean, if Jill Biden's getting 120 or 30 something views, I, I mean, what can I say? I mean, I, sometimes I top out at 300. <laughs> so, wow, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. I mean, I'm pretty sure that everybody on the Foxhole app is getting more views than Jill Biden. So that's pretty bad, Jill. But that's, uh, that's great for America. If you ask me, no one's interested in hearing her lies or whatever it is that she talks about and what she does. Just V says, I don't know what Kofefe means, but did hear President Trump say the people that need to know what it means? No. Well, ladies and gentlemen, all of you guys know what Kofefe means now. If you're with, the, with us yesterday, uh, uh, that was actually fun, uh, you know, because I've held on to that nugget for a minute. There was not a moment for me to really talk about Kofefe because it's kind of old news, you know. Um, but uh, but really getting into what Kofefe means, do you guys remember what it means? Okay, so like, yeah, Kofefe, just for you guys who don't remember, it was a bill that was uh, that came into law in 2017. Kofefe, look up the bill, Kofefe Act. Put the word act behind Kofefe when you do your search, because otherwise you're going to get the president misspells coffee um, all over, like for like 30, like, uh, like uh, search pages. But the Kofefe Act, just to refresh us, uh, that was a uh, telecommunications act that basically made all of the president's uh, social platform tweets, Facebook posts, everything public record so that they could not be stricken from the record. And uh, like, like uh, just V said, uh, President Trump said the people that need to know what that means know what it means. And that was basically a protection from him. So just imagine now all of the trolling that he did, all of the trash talking that he did, all of the truth bombs that he dropped are now part of the permanent public record so that this way for time in memoriam because of the Kofefe Act, 
they will be able to reference what he was talking about and they can't, you know, shroud over it with their lies, you know, because the people who uh, control history, control the lies, right? Or control the truth. Uh, but at least through that act that was signed in 2017, President Trump's social media commentary will be part of public record and they cannot strip that from him. Skeeter Burke, I did not know that Weezer was from Kenosha. I am not a Weezer fan. I went to a concert uh, in Coachella. Now, this is 2005, before Coachella became a Nazi, you know, uh, stronghold of rules and regulations. And I was in the audience to go see Bauhaus and Nine Inch Nails. Bauhaus and Nine Inch Nails, if you guys have any idea of what kind of music that is, that summer, Bauhaus and Nine Inch Nails were on the tour together. They end up landing in Coachella. Now, okay, if you listen to Bauhaus or Nine Inch Nails, you're either a gothic person, you're a gearhead, you're someone who's like kind of on the fringe of music. So I was there all dressed up in my fishnets and uh, <laughs> platform boots in the California desert right? Fashionable as always. Yeah, right. Anyways. And uh, right between Bauhaus and Nine Inch Nails, here comes Weezer boasting their Whataburger uh, hamburger sign. I was like, really, Weezer? I was like, you know, Whataburger has been around since 1954 and you guys are going to steal their logo? Okay, Weezer. So anyways, I got lost in a sea of khaki shorts, sandals, and tank tops uh khaki khaki cargo shorts it was not a pleasant experience for one mr c in the desert sun to be uh berated by a whole bunch of uh a shell necklace wearing uh <laughs> preppy jock people but it was an experience nonetheless so anyways enough about that let's move on <laughs> i will i well you know actually anka vanka has asked to see pictures of me and my gothic face but anyways that was a long time ago ladies and gentlemen i am a very i've always been a very happy person um you know even though in my gothic face i was a little bit cynical but i grew out of that yeah for sure anyways okay <laughs> people would judge me about that they'd be like 20 years ago you were gothic look at you now anyways it's it's all nothing here okay so let's see what else is going on from yesterday's chat all right we got through kofefe it was a great bill indeed, just V. It was a great bill. One, two, three, SKG was in the house. How's it going? One, two, three, SKG. Uh, Skeeterberg says, I predict Fauci gets pissed off and spills the beans on Slick Willie. Because <laughs> you know, he's got to have dirt on somebody. And then they try and they try and fail to suicide him, leaving him in a coma then he wakes up after four months only to be a deaf mute wow that is quite a projection skeeter burke so you know i mean slick willie we're talking about bill clinton here right okay because <laughs> i was like slick biden pedo B pedo joe right pedo joe illegitimate joe um i mean uh fauci at this point i think he needs either an alibi or he needs uh, he needs one of those. Uh, uh, what is it that Ma McAfee had? He needs one of those uh, those uh, uh, releases that that goes forth whenever he dies. You know, was that a kill switch or whatever they're called? You guys know what I'm talking about. 
that's what he needs at this point. If that that man wants to stay alive, he needs he needs he needs he needs God in his life. If Fauci wants to stay alive, honestly, I, I think if he were to try and redeem himself and spill the beans on anyone, maybe he'd get off with life in prison uh, or something like that. But no, I, I don't I don't know, Skeeter Burke. That's uh, even what you're saying there. I think is pretty uh, is pretty optimistic for Fauci and what he's done. Uh, Posse for Hope says he spoke about HCQ Obama spying on Twitter point of reference. Uh, so we're talking, I think we're talking, well, we are talking about uh, uh, some of the words that President Trump was speaking in his presser and during his speeches and his interview. Uh, most definitely, uh, <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> and all of that is definitely going to be coming to light, uh, even though in the Patriot community, we're aware of Obamagate. Uh, that still is not something that is being covered by the lamestream media, the fake news media. But it is most definitely something that I know in my heart will come to light, just like Scotusgate. We're not done with you, Chief Justice Roberts. We're not done with you yet. I promise you that. Um, Skeeterberg says eventually Fauci ends up ready for this in a nursing home. <laughs> oh my goodness. The irony of it all, right? Skeeterberg, is Skeeterberg in the house tonight? <laughs> We're talking about Skeeterberg a lot tonight. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got in here from yesterday's chat recap. Uh, let's see. They have, uh, they really have no access to their governor, says Just V. We're talking about, uh, wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah, that woman is pretty much incognito, MIA, AWOL, however you want to describe wretched, wretched Gretchen Whitmer. There is, uh, no way for her people, her constituents, the people of Michigan to get a hold of her. Uh, I mean, they'd probably have to go down to Florida and stake out her daddy's house or something like that in order to get one with this woman. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't see a lot of happy times ahead of wretched Gretchen, at least from her perspective. You know, her version of reality probably won't go the way that she wants it to go, uh, because, uh, the, <laughs> the, collective consciousness of Michigan and the American people stand firmly against her and justice needs to be served in that regard. She's done a terrible job as a governor. She's really overdone and overreached her, um, her authorita there in the state of Michigan. And, you know, it's, it's almost like um, uh, between she and Gavin Newsom, uh, she's, and even, even nipple rings Cuomo, she is really reaching hard, uh, daring her constituents to recall her. And as we covered yesterday on the C report, uh, those, um, those recall. Those recall, um, those recall petitions are moving forward. They have been approved to move forward. So uh, we will keep you guys abreast on that situation. I have, I don't know. I have a thing against really corrupt, lying people. And, uh, so that's why we focus a lot on Michigan <laughs> because that woman, wretched Gretchen Whitmer, uh, uh, uh. I feel for you people in Michiganistan. I feel for you guys with all of my heart. So yeah, that's why we talk about that woman, that thing over there so much. Pilled by the rabbit dropping in at 10.02 p.m. Texas time. <laughs> Good to have you along with us. Always great to have you here with us. Pilled by the rabbit. Let's see what else we got in yesterday's chat recap. Oh, Doreen Merck. 
hopping over from Twitch to the foxhole to donate a phone to keep me in touch with my repeat offenders. As always, I thank my repeat offenders for coming and joining us at the Sea Report. I love to see your shiny faces and avatars. Uh, Doreen Merck, uh, let me see. Let me let me pop this open real quick. Hey, Deplora Laura, welcome over. Uh, Deplora Laura is holding it down at Twitch. Uh, so we have we have some repeat offenders over at Twitch. We have Deplora Laura. We have Doreen Merck. Uh, we have Katie Man sixty three. They're so great. It's great having their positive vibes over at Twitch because at Twitch I typically get nothing but trolls. We're talking people that will drop nine or ten comments and make fun of my a beautiful skull, right? <laughs> Among other things, or or they'll pretend to be Trump supporters or or patriots, and then they'll say the real Republicans are the ones who are opposing Trump. Whatever. Glad to have you in the house, Deplora Laura. Great to have you with us. Okay, and Doreen Merck actually was a a Twitch dweller, but she switched over to the Foxhole app. So it's always great to have new fam joining us over at the Foxhole app. And uh, it's 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 a warm, cozy bunker, Deplora Laura, in case you've never heard of it, the foxhole.app, uh, everyone there, patriot-minded, America-first-minded, MAGA, and uh, they love everybody. But hey, I love it that you uh, hold down the fort on Twitch for us, Deplora Laura, uh, Katie Mann, and Doreen Merck when she's in the house. Uh, so always good to have you with us over on the Twitch, keeping it positive and keeping it real. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what else we got over here uh, before we get in today's show. Oh, looks like we made it to the end of the chat recap. Sounds good, ladies and gentlemen. Let me see if we had anyone else hiding out. Always in Texas was also in the house. Two Rivers also in the house. Rail, Anon, P. Tate, and Crash 6871. Always great to have your energy, spirit, and presence with us. Um, but you know what I say? We always got a replay in case you don't get to catch us live. Uh, we are here at the Foxhole app and uh, online Twitch Trovo, uh, 7.30 p.m. Texas time for the season report uh doing our thing and uh just reporting some of today's headlines sometimes digging a little bit deeper um let's see here i recently had uh oh for those of you who are interested before we get into today's show um check out my rumble I have recently uploaded several of some of my oldest podcasts. Now, this is prior to the C-Report. We're going back to 2019, and I don't want to mystify any of you guys, but uh, the program I was running back in 2019, it was a podcast. It was called Queer Voice from the perspective of a gay Latino Trump supporter. Um, and uh, I think the episode we're up to now is back when we were talking about AOC. We were talking about Antifa because a lot of people were not talking about Antifa at that time. They're kind of keeping their name hush hush. And then uh, we're getting into Epstein because at that time Epstein was still alive. So I think I got about five or six of those episodes uploaded. I'll be working on getting more of those uploaded throughout the rest of the week. And then if you guys also prefer to hear me in that radio sound, uh, check me out at anchor.fm slash the C report. Now that's just a strict straight off podcast. 
Um, it is not a video or anything like that. But in case you want to uh, listen instead of like, you know, if you're doing something throughout the day and you want to check out what we got going on, um, I'm a couple of episodes behind, but I will be uploading. Uh, I think we're at episode 101 or 102 on the uh, anchor.fm right now. But I will, we're up to whoa, 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 whoa. I think we're actually up to 104 or 105. I take it back. But we'll be uh, uploading. I will be uploading all the ways up. Today's episode 110. So I'll be uploading the rest of those tonight for you guys in case any of y'all want to listen to the C report instead of uh, um, here or, you know, whatever, you know, if you want to, it's up to you guys. I don't, I mean, I let you, we're all free moral agents here after all. So you guys do what you want to (laughs) do. I'm not going to hold it against you or to you at any point in our lifetimes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that covers yesterday's chat recap. Now, before we get going all the way in today's show, let me just take one more look at the chat today and see who we have in the house so I can say howdy do and hello. Oh my goodness, you guys are blowing it up. What is going on in here? Okay, <laughs> looking up is in the house also as well. Blonde Blue Lady Q, again, thank you for the can. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm gonna have to do it over here because uh, I can't pause it on Pilled. <laughs> I can pause it on the Foxhole app. Oh my goodness, it's not giving me everything. Okay, we have a Dragon Energy 45. I like Dragon Energy. That's good energy right there. 45 is a beautiful number. It is a it is a multiple of 3 and 9. Let's do it. Uh let's see what else we got. Angel Wings is also in the house. Uh let's see who else we have here today. Service Dog Mom, welcome back Service Dog Mom. We also have, oh, I, I did say hello to Henry underscore 45 underscore 70. Uh, Fox Lady. Hey, Foxy Lady. What's up? <laughs> Empress Beast you says, been lurking and listening. Thought it was time to say hello. Uh, oh, hey, 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 hey. We just got ourselves going here, Empress Beach to you. So it's absolutely fine. Uh, you may you may continue as you were. Um, Les67, gifting a can. Thank you so much, Les, for that donation here of the gold pills. Oh, my goodness. Death Blossom 17 Did I say hello, Death Blossom 17 Howdy. If I did not, let me see what else we got here. I want to make sure I capture a lot of you guys before I move on today's show uh dragon oh yes dragon energy 45 sorry that's just that that name is just catching my eye carrie lake is in the house what's going on been to nine inch nails carrie lake Ooh. okay i don't want to get too much into tomorrow's chat recap but yeah i i enjoyed their show i believe you know because i was a fan of theirs um going way back into the early 90s and then when he was not touring because uh, I was too young to see him on tour in the early 90s. Uh, but then when he came back in 1999, uh, it was really cool to see him. I think I saw him about three or four times before I, I disconnected. Uh, we also have 23 Anon in the house. Uh, we have uh, PJ Zwerink. Welcome back, PJ Durdurius. <laughs> Sorry, Dordurius, I like your name. Uh, let's see here. And uh, Henry45, thank you for the cam. Ohio Kimmy, thank you for the cookie. Uh, Persnick, thank you for the shades. And Just V, thank you for the shades as well. To look cool, thank you. I'm going to bring a pair of shades on uh, sometime for you guys that are gifting the shades. Palmer1951 and uh, Ohio Cookie. Ohio Cookie. <laughs> Ohio Kimmy with the cookie. Oh, my goodness. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Lick67, gifting a can. Okay, I think my chat went back down to the beginning again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
Thank you again for joining us here on the Sea Report. We're live on this Thursday evening, July 1st. Let's go ahead and get into the thick of it. Now, oh, wait, what do I got over here? Hey, Deplora Laura knows about the Foxhole app. Hey, that's cool. Hey, you know, we'll be here hanging out and chilling. And you know what? I just love that you're holding it down on Twitch, Deplora Laura. So, uh, you know, you, you do what you do, girl. And you, you know what? We're here rooting for you also. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as always here at the Sea Report, Trump leads. So let's go ahead and get into some of recent news and statements about President Donald Trump. Okay, so what do we got here today, guys? We do have a few very minute short statements from President Trump that came through today, at least prior to my getting on the air. We had a statement from um, President Trump that was a one-liner, uh, a very, very simple but very powerful four words that President Trump asks. And he asks, who shot Ashley Babbitt? It's almost like who shot Jessica Rabbit, right? Um, so who shot Ashley Babbitt? Now, he's kind of calling on Americans and everyone else to uh, examine that. Let's bring that to the forefront. You know, things that he usually says comes to, the, comes to a head. Now, did you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, read the same article that I read in regards to who may have shot Ashley Babbitt? Ladies and gentlemen, apparently, apparently it was a member of former Vice President Pence's security detail. That, ladies and gentlemen, that is some crazy i shouldn't be smiling it's some that is some crazy news okay uh if this is indeed true um where is that going to put the involvement of president vice mike pence's uh in regards to the january 6th false flag riots you know like uh if he had his security individual shoot ashley babbitt um, you really have to ask where he plays, what part he plays in all of that craziness that happened on that fateful, was it a Wednesday, right? It was a Wednesday, Wednesday, January 6th, false flag riots, ladies and gentlemen. So that's a good question. And uh, perhaps the fact that it was one of Mike Pence's uh, security detail detailsmen, uh, maybe that's why. President 45, Donald Trump, is asking that question. He's throwing us a bone, ladies and gentlemen, just like he did when he when uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, the rest of President Trump's uh, lawyer team uh, took it to a head at the five most contentious states in the 2020 presidential election coup. Very interesting stuff there. He's given us a tip off. I, that's what I would say. The next statement from President uh, Trump was the political witch hunt by radical left Democrats with New York now taking over the assignment continues. It is dividing our country like never before. So what is this political witch hunt he's talking about? Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you all may know, uh, they did uh, they did charge one of his uh, um, what uh, uh, executive officers from Trump company, it's that is so vague and ambiguous, the Trump company. So um, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, you know, as long as they're doing this, as long as the mainstream media, the radical left, the lamestream fake news media, as long as they're pushing these stories that have real no merit. Now, the guy did plead not guilty. Um, and we'll, like I said, we'll talk about some of that in just a second. 
But as long as they're doing this type of thing, you're still going to have people out there that are like, he's a criminal. Uh, he had someone that was involved in tax evasion, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's, it's funny. It's like uh, today I was, um, you know, kind of, I took a minute for myself and I was look looking at some videos and I ran across this video of like this uh, grown man uh, uh, who was working at whatever, where, whatever his place of employment was who literally threw a fit screaming at the top of his lungs like a little girl like literally like he was like shut up like literally because someone was in his store wearing a maga shirt like literally like throwing a hissy fit a violent hissy fit at that uh th the video was probably like a few years old i had never seen it though it just came across my stream and i was like wow wow <laughs> <laughs> but as long as the mainstream media is throwing stories like this and talking points out, as long as they're conducting these witch hunts, they are going to continue dividing this country. They are going to keep us divided. Uh, illegitimate Joe, pedo Joe, he's done nothing to unite the country. He's done nothing at all. Even though uh, his uh, handler, medical uh, doctor wife has made claims that uh, he's healed the country. Uh, we don't seem that healed to us. I mean, uh, we are the majority. Don't make that. Don't don't mistake that. You know, the patriots, the conservative, the 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 voice of the people. We are the majority, no doubt. And I think we're more vocal than we used to be. They used to call us the silent majority. I, I think we're about halfway there now. People are just done with it and standing up uh, to the point that even the people who are asleep or don't care. Uh, they're kind of going with us by default. And I'm talking about all the people who don't wear masks in my area, for example. Like, I'm I'm sure that like 80% of all the people I don't see wearing masks, I'm, I'm pretty sure at least 80% are not conservative or Trump supporters just based on the area that I'm in. But um, they're not wearing masks. And that's because they're, they're ap apathetic and asleep and just going with the flow. And the reason why they're going with our flow is because collectively speaking, at a subconscious and perhaps a conscious level, we have majority. And uh, the followers will follow the majority to be part of the in crowd. Either or maybe they are just uh, ticked off and they want to breathe, right? It could be that too. I guess it could be that. Uh, next statement by President Trump. Do people see the radical left prosecutors and what they are trying to do to 75 million plus voters and patriots for what it is? So do we see that what they're doing is obviously trying to play us, scheme us, gaslight us? It is very quite possible. It is very quite possible. I mean, literally, uh, I, I mean, we see it, you know, when we have people like A.G. Merrick Garland going after Georgia for passing voter integrity bills. Come for Texas, A.G. Merrick Garland. Come for Texas. You know, and, you know, Georgia and Texas, they're not the only states that have passed laws to uh, strengthen the integrity of elections moving forward. Come for all of us. Well, it seems like the Supreme Court might have just foibled and uh, mauled your hopes, A.G. Merrick Garland, at uh, successfully uh, um, landing a lawsuit against the state of Georgia. We'll get into that today, ladies and gentlemen. So those were the brief and minute statements of President Trump. Now, he did have a few more. <clears throat> he did have a few more statements. But these were the uh, these were those in case you missed it. Read this article. 
Okay, so that's what he was. Uh, those were the the rest of the statements that we had for you guys today. We had one where he was uh, he was encouraging uh, uh, we Americans to read an article uh, that was written by let's see here Senator Joe Gruters of uh, Sarasota. Um, and he wrote an article, uh, let's see here, entitled Donald Trump Will Always Be America's Champion. Now, that appeared in the Herald Tribune. Uh, so, uh, you know, praises to President Trump. Another one was eight anti-Trump narratives the media finally had to admit were false all along, written by Brianna or Brianna Lyman from the Daily Caller. And then this article I found pretty interesting. Uh, we're not going to cover these articles, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, but they are there for you. This one was from Politico. And uh, the article is written by a gentleman <laughs> by the name of Alex Eisenstadt. And uh, the title of the article was Full of Shit, pardon my French, Candidates Warned Not to Fake Trump endorsements. And uh, it was an article that basically went into, it listed about, I don't know, four or five different candidates who are running in their state or local um, uh, 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 elections uh, who are claiming that Trump has endorsed them, but he hasn't. I thought the one that was probably a little bit distressing was uh, Doug Mastriano, Senator Doug Mastriano over there from Pennsylvania. Now, he um, he declared that Trump, uh, President Trump, had asked him to run uh, and that he would support him if he did, uh, much to the dismay of Senator Doug Mastriano. <laughs> uh, that was a private conversation. And the fact that uh, Doug Mastriano spilled the beans hurt him a little bit. Um, and so that kind of worked against him. You know, Doug, something has to be said about the element of surprise. You don't always want to put all your cards on the table, especially if you have an ace up your sleeves like President Trump. You should not go out there boasting about it for President Trump will strike when the time is right. Because uh, after all, this guy wrote the art of the deal, the art of war, right? <laughs> In modern day times, uh, you know, he knows how to negotiate. He knows when to make his moves. Uh, so you, sh you probably should have sat on that one, Doug, and taken faith that he would have indeed um, uh, um, uh, endorsed you when the moment was right. Uh, the other one that was a little bit distressing um, was uh, about uh, the uh, gov gubernatorial candidate, Hirsch Singh over there in New Jersey. Now, this was actually foul play, ladies and gentlemen. Hirsch Singh didn't do anything wrong. This man definitely seems to be a man of integrity. Um, but apparently there were flyers and, uh, you know, online graphics uh, going around <clears throat> the state uh, during the uh, primary runoffs for the Republican gubernatorial side that Hirsch Singh had the support and was endorsed by President Trump. It was not a fact, but what it did turn out, according to the campaign of Hirsch Singh, was that one of his uh, one of his opponents actually circulated those endorsements to make people lose confidence in him and to make people question his integrity and his honesty. Dirty tricks done dirt cheap over there in the state of New Jersey. It's a shame, but uh, we'll see how it goes over there in the state of New Jersey. Uh, my prayers are going out for you guys over there because uh, the guy that you have as your primary opponent doesn't seem like he'll do a lick of good against the current incumbent 
in the state of New Jersey, but I guess we'll have to see how that goes. But, you know, uh, President Trump did not, in fact, openly endorse Hirsch Singh, um, uh, um, even though Hirsch Singh is a total MAGA pro-Trump uh, Republican conservative over there in the state of New Jersey. But, you know, we don't know what that's all about. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe they want them to be in the position that they are. Maybe, maybe they really want to take out the current governor of New Jersey. Maybe they want him to run again and be successful in his campaign and to don the helmet of governor again over there in New Jersey. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe it's because uh, they'll be able to better string him up especially when we consider that uh, COVID conundrum over there when we're talking about the nursing home COVID death scandals, because he was indeed one of them. Uh, he was one of the named governors that participated in that deathly deal for the residents of his state. So we'll see what happens. We'll, because you know what, when they're hanging pretty high, they fall pretty hard. So uh, maybe that's uh, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too optimistic. I don't know. Or would that be vengeful. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with this charge that has been brought about, uh, brought against the Trump company. Oh, wrong one. Here we go. No, <laughs> don't do it. Control tab. Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. <clears throat> okay. So uh, we did have charges brought against one of the Trump Organization executive officers, uh, this dude by the name of Weisselberg. Now, that's the man pictured here in this uh, photograph. Now, you know, we told you guys about this whole thing, uh, probably, I don't know, when was it? The beginning of May? the end of April, when there were rumors that uh, uh, District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. was trying to uh, string up President Trump on charges uh, dealing with his taxes. Now, all he had to go on at that time were two books. One of them was like, uh, get your best tax deal book. And uh, the other one was like, uh, um, a coupon book for taxes. I don't know. It, they were irrelevant uh, because ultimately whatever, uh, whatever game plan that he had president Trump from his tax advisor in these two separate tomes uh, were, were within bounds, uh, whether or not people think it's cheating or if it benefited the upper elite, one percent individuals. The point of the matter is that everyone in President Trump's, uh, you know, uh, financial bracket could take advantage of these uh, tax uh, savings dealings uh, loopholes. So they couldn't bring it down on President Trump unless they brought it down on all of the millionaires and billionaires of the world, right? So already we knew it was a wash for President Trump. We knew that they weren't going to be able to pin anything on Teflon Don. It just was not going to happen. So you know, now Sirens Vance. Junior, this uh, this uh, senior district attorney over in Manhattan, it was his life dream. He was like, "I am going to retire, having charged President Trump with something on his taxes." That was his goal. They had, uh, they had, uh, what was it? They had, uh, what is that thing called where they adjourn a jury secretly? Uh, and a grand jury. They had convened a grand jury on President Trump and his organization to try and settle some charges on Trump. 
it i knew it wasn't going to happen ladies and gentlemen it didn't happen so they had to settle with this uh, executive officer weiselberg um who purportedly related to allegedly evade taxes on fringe benefits such as cars apartments and private school tuition that he received from the company now you know that uh, today and tomorrow they're just going to run amok with all of this information, they're going to be like, hey, Trump is a thief and he's a crook and he's he's schemed things and he's illegal and all this other stuff. They're going to be like, he's a he's a sexist, a homophobic. He's going to they're going to say he's he's racist, xenophobic, fascist because of this one incident, because they, they need something to run there to use their Bill Cosby story. So they can't go with that. Right. So, uh, yes, yeah, so they'll have uh, they'll have Weisselberg um, uh, uh, in their clutches. Uh, Weisselberg has pled not guilty. Uh, it says here in this article from the Epoch Times, attorneys for the Trump Organization and the Trump Payroll Corporation appeared in the court and entered a plea on behalf of the t- firms. Prosecutors claimed that the firms and Weisselberg carried out a 15-year-long tax fraud screen scheme to pay him and other executives uh, so that's basically all they got to go on. That's all that they could get to stick. Uh, I'm sure more details will come forth as this moves forward. But at this time, uh, um, all the information that we got is that these charges came after nearly a three year long investigation by this DA, Cy Vance Jr., with the support of their attorney general over there in New York. Uh, And uh, this is the same attorney general who said that she was going to bring down Trump and she was going to find something to indict him on. Of course, that hasn't happened yet, but uh, they are attacking. This is another witch hunt, of course. They're attacking uh, Trump at any angle that they can. Apparently, it is New York who's taking up the helm of the witch hunt for uh, whomever does not like uh, President Trump or anything that he stands for. Uh, so yeah, Letitia James, that was the uh, j- uh, attorney general over the New York, uh, she had announced that she would be pursuing separate criminal charges against the Trump organization, um, a company that deals in luxury real estate and is managed f- by former President Donald Trump. Now they say former, I say 45th, Eh, you know, I guess it's it's just kind of all in your perception, right, ladies and gentlemen? All right, that is the Trump news. Yep, they will never stop indeed, Service Dog Mom. They will never stop indeed. All right, that's the Trump th- news that we have now. No, make sure you guys hang tight because, again, we are going to be airing the uh, Hannity Trump or the Trump Hannity Town Hall at the end of the broadcast today. But before we do that, let's get into some... Come on. California news. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to head out west today to talk a little bit about the state of California. Uh, Literally, we're going to be talking about the state that California is in. No, just kidding, ladies and gentlemen, but we are going to be chatting a little bit about these guys today. Now, there's been a few things going on in California in California, right? Um, I think uh, I think you know, if I could have found a video of this, I definitely would have aired it. Uh, but that was the segment. That was the moment when uh, um, a homeless individual threw a bottle at Gavin Newsom. <laughs> that would have been a good way to start off California. But unfortunately, all I could find was a, a video of them arresting the poor bum. 
I mean, I don't say bum heartlessly, but you know, anyways. Uh, so yeah, this, uh, this, uh, enraged, uh, homeless individual threw a bottle of water at, uh, uh, governor, uh, uh, Newsom. Uh, do we have a nickname for governor Newsom? Anybody out there? I don't think I've made one up, you know, like I have a wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, uh I have, uh, uh, nipple rings, uh, uh, Cuomo. Um, anyways, I don't think I have one for Newsom yet. I'll have to think of one for Newsom. Uh, so we can give him that good old crime family, uh, nickname, right? Anyway, so we do have some developments going on with Gavin Newsom in regards to being recalled. Now, um, a couple of months ago, they actually started actively. It might be more than a couple. I feel like we're going back to maybe mid to late March, where uh, a recall effort had began on Gavin Newsom. They had a recall Gavin 2020, or was it recall Newsom 2020.com? Um, and we aired the press conference that they were holding at that time live on the C report. Um, and basically, uh, they had to gather X amount of signatures in order to support recalling Governor Newsom over there in California, and they were successful in spades. They had over 1.7 million signatures, 1.7 million signatures in support of recalling Gavin Newsom, the terror of California over there. Um, and it was, it was, it was, they, they, um, I think they had to like have like maybe 1.2 or something like that. They over, they've definitely overshot the minimum in signatures that were required. Um, if I recall correctly from that uh, press conference that they were holding at the time, they were talking about how it was all grassroots. Like everyone was motivated and activated to get this done over in California. They had something like 800,000 people on the ground actively petitioning, canvassing, and and uh, uh, promoting this petition uh, to get Gavin Newsom recalled. And they came forth with 1.7 million. It might've been less than 800,000. It's probably a lot less than that. But uh, they did they did acquire that amount of signatures over there and so because of that support to recall Governor Newsom, they are now facing a recall election later on this year. So they're actually going to have a special election for this recall of Gavin Newsom, um, because without the recall, then they would just face, you know, you know, voting him in or out or voting for someone else. And that wouldn't be happening until 2022. Uh, let's see. And so um, that is something that uh, is moving forward in California. Now, uh, I do have someone over on Twitch that's saying Newsom will not be recalled. Uh, I don't know if they'll have anything else to say about that. But you know, over there on Twitch, that could be true only because we have the Democrat-led House uh, the legislature over there in California, uh, pulling strings and doing things to try and help benefit Newsom to stay in office. So I found that this was very interesting article. Uh, and I pulled this over from reason.com. Now it says over here that of course the California Republicans are accusing the Democrats of acting unfairly because they, the house actually just passed a bill. Now this was uh, last Monday. I believe that this happened. Uh, might have been on the 28th, actually. It may have been the Monday before, but they actually passed a bill, um, that would actually, um, that would actually, uh, cause the recall session, the, the election to be moved up. Now, this, uh, this recall, according to state, uh, state law, if I'm not, 
mistaken over in California uh, would not be happening until about October or November of this year. But because of this new law that the Democrat-led legislature over there in California has passed, they're looking to move the recall date up a lot sooner. They're looking to do it early September, late August. Now, this actually would hurt, uh, possibly, actually, I should say it would possibly hurt it would possibly hurt the recall effort because then the then uh basically what's going on here is uh uh governor newsom's um uh, rating approval rating is actually rather up right now because uh he's he's letting off of the covid um He's letting off of the COVID mandates and he's trying to make other moves to put him in favor. And they're afraid that if this recall were to happen any later, it could happen to a point where something happens in the state of California where they don't, you know, they don't favor what he's doing. You know, maybe he'll, he'll say, ha ha, just kidding. We're going to go ahead and keep the mask mandate. We're going to keep children from going to school and stuff like that. Like anything could happen between September and October, uh, September and November. But they're thinking right now, that his approval ratings are in such a state that it might not hurt him. Now, according to uh, the article that I had, well, actually, I perused uh, quite a few articles, and I'll give you a brief on all of them. This bill was actually a massive budget that was being passed through California's uh, legislature. Now, the bill was for $262 billion. Now, included in that bill was um, the aid, the assistance that would come for Gavin Newsom as he was fighting the recall election. Now, the legislation would effectively move the date for the recall possibly to as early as September, um, a move that many Democrats believe could benefit Newsom as he fights for his political future. Uh, and in fact, the bill has already been signed by Gavin Newsom into law. So with, uh, and again here, it's with the low COVID numbers and the state reopening and wildfire season not yet in full swing, political observers believe that Newsom's pop popularity will currently stay as is, which is at the moment up. Now, here's some of the funny stuff that's going on here. Democrats have done this before in the state of California, and it was very ironic because what they did before is they actually, uh, they had a recall of a senator four years ago. Um, this was Senator Josh Newman, a Democrat of Fullerton, Colorado, uh, California. Now, he was being recalled, okay? Uh, this Democrat Senator, Josh Newman, he was being recalled. And in order to save his butt, they actually moved the recall election date further into law. Now that Governor Newsom's up for recall, they're move. They're basically undoing that law that they passed to save Newman. And in fact, Newman did not get saved. He was recalled, uh, regardless of the effort that the uh, Democrats tried to assist him with in the state of California. They've actually moved that back. <laughs> to try and help Newsom, you know, so this is interesting. Uh, uh, it says that it's the, it's the second time Democrats are changing the rules in hoping in hopes of helping their own. Cause again, they did this four years ago to Gavin Newsom. The recall process as a state Senator faced a removal vote at the time. They hoped to slow things down. So the vote would align with the next primary. It's funny how, uh, you know, we'll just say anti-Americans. We don't have to say, uh, we could say Democrats, liberals, progressives, communists, socialists, they're all the same thing, right? But uh, as you'll see, when we talk about Brad Raffensperger later on this evening, 
it's all messing. It's all messing with the rules and laws and blaming it on other people. Right. Okay. So like I said, uh, it was very ironic that the Democrats had passed a bill four years ago to assist by changing this rule uh, to push it back. And now they're pulling it forward to try and assist with Brad, uh, with Brad Raffensperger, with Gavin Newsom. Um, so now this is, uh, this is SB 152. This is that massive spending bill that uh, the Democrats had snuck this, uh, this safety net in there for Gavin Newsom. Uh, it said of the bill, the bill lawmakers passed is in contrast to the measures passed four years ago when Democrats adjusted the recall rules to help state Senator Josh Newman's odds of surviving a recall. At the time in 2017, lawmakers were looking to extend the timeline of certifying the recall election for the ballot and added the review period that they're now trying to bypass. Um, Part of this complex process to put a recall vote on the ballot in California involves having the Department of Finance put together a cost estimate for the recall to be reviewed by a legislative budget committee within 30 days. And this has to be done before the recall can be certified and scheduled. Well, this bill, SB 152, will allow that step to be bypassed. So the, uh, the what is this? The Department of Finance no longer has to put a budget together for this recall session. They're overstepping that. So this way they can get this recall moving quicker as long as the state dedicates money to that recall period. And indeed they have. It's something to the sum of, uh, let me see here. Uh, we got uh, a $215 million is what they're going to go ahead and put on hold to support this recall election. So this way they can bypass the finance department coming up with the budget for this, which could take what, up to 30 days. So again, it's going to move it up quicker. That's that's the goal that they're going on for right now with this Democrat-led legislature in California. Again, this would happen in October or November, but they're trying to do it in September because apparently Gavin Newsom is in favor by people like just chatting to Twitch and other people in California. Now, the Democrats' proposal would essentially bypass the legislative review process. So as long as lawmakers set aside money for counties to pay for the costs of the election, uh, the bill also gives $35 million to the Secretary of State. Now, we all know the Secretary of Snakes are all had and beholden to by this uh, National Association of Secretary of Snakes and whomever it is that's controlling them. So uh, Republican lawmakers in California are actually very weary. They're like, okay, you're giving $35 million to the Secretary of Snakes here in California. Why? Well, we don't know why, because in the bill, they did not specify exactly how that money is to be used. So no one's going to know what this $35 million is going to that Secretary of Snakes will have for this special election. There's no way that they can actually say, hey, this money goes to X, Y, and Z because it's not outlined in that bill. So that's a concern that the Republican um, uh, representatives and senators in California have at this moment. Um, And it also says here that uh, while it officially is up to the lieutenant governor uh, to set this date, apparently the lieutenant governor in the state of California is a Gavin Newsom supporter. So, um, I mean, basically they're looking to do as early as possible, but county clerks have already declared that they need at least until September 14th to get ready. Like that's the earliest that they could do there, but uh, they're trying to get that done as quickly as possible. 
As for the Democrat maneuvering, it's terrible. Uh, I mean, it's a good example of how these people are manipulating the electoral process the rules and regulations to their benefit. So that's kind of the scandal that's going on right now, whereas Gavin Newsom is up for recall and that will move forward and there will be a special recall election. Um, clearly here, we see that they're doing everything that they can to try and uh, negate any type of negative electoral election votes that's going to go towards him in that recall. But uh, with 1.7 million uh, um, signatures in California and as on fire as these people are, I know I have some viewers, hey, they're just be out there who are actually participating in this recall effort. Uh, we'll see where it goes because uh, the only places blue in California are San Francisco and, uh, and what? And uh, Los Angeles and uh, what's that one down by the border? Yeah, them too. Anyways. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you know what? I was supposed to have this ugly picture of the serpent. <laughs> look at that guy. He looks like, look at, he looks like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, to me, he looks like he's possessed. Honestly, he looks like a devil. Look at that. What is he high on there? I don't know. I, I think I spared you guys by forgetting to switch over to Gavin Newsom's picture. <laughs> But he looks like a man possessed. He looks like Lucifer. Anyways, okay, let's move on. Uh, we'll we'll get the we'll get the state of California's flag back up on the screen. Okay, our next story coming out of California today involves another recall that needs to happen in California, uh, and this is actually going to be. A recall of their elections. Uh, if we need some more petitions to be signed in California, sorry if you guys don't like me calling it that, but in California, uh, there's actually a story that's it's pretty it's pretty heady, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they're having some issues down in California with enforcing the law, uh, especially when it comes to election um, election meddling and fraud. Okay, so vote fraud happening in the state of California. This one is in the books. The the uh, the complaint has been filed, but they are doing nothing about it down there uh, by way of um, law enforcement and investigation. Like they're trying to make this happen, but it's not happening. This is yet another, uh, the, they need to recall this entire election in California. Now, my opinion entirely is that California went red in 2020. Nearly every state in the union went red in 2020. Um, that's just my belief, you know, but nearly every state. And I know for a fact that California went red in 2020, like nothing could shake my belief. I bet you $5 on it right now that California was totally stolen. Um, okay. So here's, here's one of the evidences of that. Now, of course, this isn't going to be, uh, you know, this is going to encompass all of California, but this is something that has been filed. And I don't think this story has been told by many out there or covered by many but this comes out of Santa, Santa Barbara. Okay, so what happened in Santa, Santa Barbara? Um, according to Santa Barbara News Press, this report came out saying that approximately 3,000 mail-in ballots that were counted in the November 3 election coup were supposedly cast by University of California Santa Barbara students who were residing in a voting precinct 
that along with other dorm buildings, including the Francisco Torres Santa Catalina Residence Hall, located at 6850 El Colegio Road in Goleta, submitted 3,000 ballots. So 3,000 ballots came from UC Santa Barbara in these dorms. Now, here's what the problem with that is, y'all. Here's what the problem with 3,000 ballots coming from UC California dorms was. Because of COVID-19, the Torres building, which normally accommodates 1,300 students. So they accommodate 1,300 students, but somehow they got 3,000 mail-in ballots from this location. It was empty due to lockdown throughout most of 2020 as all of United of uh, University of California Santa Barbara dorms were. So what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen? We have 3,000 ballots coming from UCSB. No one's living in these dorms, right? Okay, so no one's living in these dorms, but yet 3,000 ballots came specifically from this location. It's on the books. They've already filed a complaint. They're looking to get, they're, they're trying to figure out who has jurisdiction over this. And and uh, the person who filed the complaint, uh, one Mr. Cole um, um, of Santa Barbara, um, he uh, has been getting the runaround in regards to this. They can't seem to find out who has jurisdiction over this case. Go figure, California. Right. Now, why is this fraudulent, you may ask over there on Twitch? Why is it fraudulent that 3,000 ballots coming from a dorm where no one's living is fraudulent? Okay, so let's spell this out for you. The biggest part of the problem is that nobody was living there. So the question is, where did these ballots come from? So then one might ask, well, perhaps they sent in mail-in ballots uh, and they forward them to these students and then they were turned in. Well, I'm sorry, but that is also a felony. Okay, it's a felony to do that. Um, the ballots could not legally have been forwarded to students who were not um, where they were actually living because forwarding ballots to alternative addresses is a felony. Okay, so in all cases, these 3,000 ballots are felony. Like just the fact that they were turned in, it's like three different counts. They are felony. No matter how you look at it, there's no way that this could have been done legally to count towards the election results. Okay, 3,000 ballots may not make a winner, but guess what, ladies and gentlemen? In some cases, six ballots, and we've, we've covered a case like that out of Iowa. Six ballots crowned a winner in Iowa for a representative. So don't tell me 3,000 ballots couldn't make the difference. And that's not even the question here. The question here really is, do you believe in election integrity? Do you believe that elections are so uh, um, so um, 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 sacred that this kind of thing should not go uninvestigated? And if you don't think that this should be investigated, then maybe you just don't believe in America. Maybe you don't believe that your voice counts. Maybe you don't believe that your vote equals your freedom. Because indeed, our vote by proxy is a representation of our very freedom to exist free and independent, ladies and gentlemen. So this should be a concern regardless what side of the aisle that you sit on. This should be a concern that you have, especially if you're there in the state of California. And this actually, to me, is a story that is enough to say there should be a forensic audit in the state of California. Because after all, if we have 3,000 ballots coming from USCB, uh, University of uh, California, Santa Barbara, UCBS, UCSB, sorry, if, if there's, uh, there's 3,000 ballots coming from that campus alone, 
that are fraudulent and would would put anyone in what up to three years in prison for uh, doing this kind of scheme. I would say that's enough to open up some sort of investigate. Now they're trying to open up an investigation. Let's talk a little bit about this investigation that they're trying to open. Now, like I said, the individual who found this out, his name was Mr. Cole, according to this article. Now he called the Santa Barbara's district attorney's office for advice on how to file a criminal complaint alleging fraud, corruption of the voting process. Now the DA's office directed him to the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office. Now the um, uh, officer who took this case, his name was Sergeant Joseph Schmidt of the Sheriff's Office Criminal Investigations Bureau. Okay, and he wrote an email of receipt to Mr. Cole and provided him with a case number. That is case number 21-2491 in case you wanna look it up yourself. Sergeant Smith added, I will write a courtesy report and forward it to the University of California, Santa Barbara's police department. Now, two and a half months passed after Mr. Cole received this email and there had been no word from Sergeant Smith, uh, Schmidt, I apologize, in regards to what was going on from UCSB police department. And so um, Mr. Cole turned to the investigator. Now, Sergeant Smith responded by stating that the location of the complaint is within the jurisdiction of uh, University of California, Santa Barbara Police Department, and he provided a direct number to its records department from which the investigator garnered the following information. A report had indeed been received by University of California, Santa Barbara from Sheriff's Office. Now, the University of California, Santa Barbara's police department had given the complaint its own case number. So we have a second case number here, ladies and gentlemen, and that was 21-0207, in case you want to look it up yourself. The case was assigned to um, Corporal, uh, sorry, to, um, to Tiffany Little to follow up in regards to this. Now, neither you, uh, University of California, Santa Barbara Police Department's Chief Alex Yo, nor Operations Lieutenant Robert Romero responded to the investigator's earlier email requesting seeking clarification of the case. But two days later, the investigator followed up with an email to uh, um, Corporal Little, and uh, he copied her supervisors. And uh, they did respond. And it said since, uh, well, actually his email said to them, since Thomas Cole, who filed this complaint, has not been contacted by anyone from UCSB PD to assess the mystery voting data that compelled him to file his complaint, I am left with the impression that nothing has been done to investigate this alleged crime. Please convince me otherwise before my column deadline tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so finally, this uh, this uh, Tiffany Little person responded to him and said, it is not us. SB County, Santa Barbara's County elections is not in our jurisdiction, in which case they asked who it was, in which case uh, um, uh, this uh, Tiffany Little responded that they sent it to the DA's office for uh, to sort out whose jurisdiction it was. Um, and uh, when they asked, well, who is it that they can contact at the DA's office to figure out this jurisdiction? Now, keep in mind, 
Uh, Mr. Cole had already talked to the DA to figure out whose jurisdiction it was, and the DA sent him in that direction. Well, when uh, this Tiffany Little told the investigator that it was supposed to go back to the DA's office, and they asked, well, who did you hand it off to? Uh, this uh, this um, uh, Tiffany Little person responded that it doesn't work that way. It happens electronically. And then they said it could take two or three weeks for that to happen. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, they have been given the grand old runaround in Santa Barbara in regards to this uh, this uh, fraud that has occurred. No one wants to seem to hear Mr. Cole's um, plight in regards to the fraud that he found. Now, what needs to happen is an investigating officer, whomever's jurisdiction it is, needs to interview Mr. Cole and inspect his voting data. Um, also, uh, the signatures from the Torres Building ballots currently in possession by Santa Barbara County Election Division need to be matched to test any phony signatures. Now, if the signatures are phony, then obviously we have some fraud on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, and we need to figure out who did it. And if, if signatures are genuine, then someone in charge of the mail at the Taurus building illegally forward the ballot, forwarded the ballots to students at their parents' home, which were then illegally accepted by the elections division, which operates within the purview of Joseph E. Holland, who is the clerk, recorder, and registrar of voters. So we already have a whole path that we can take once someone decides to actually investigate this and not run around on it. Now, a law enforcement officer investigating alleged fraud and corruption of the voting process should be able to interview whomever is in charge of the mail at the Taurus building and determine if the ballots were forwarded to the students. An investigating law enforcement officer should be able to interview election officials and gain access to the ballots in question to assess the veracity of ballot signatures. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, these are felony crimes punishable by huge fines, disqualification from public office, and up to three years in prison. Now, at the time of this article, Mr. Cole told the investigator that nearly three months since sounding the alarm, he has lost faith in the ability of local law enforcement to investigate voter fraud, and he intends to file a complaint with the FBI. I guess we'll see how that goes because the FBI hasn't been pretty handy at doing anything for the American people or in regards to voter and election fraud. But ladies and gentlemen, at least we can report on this here at the C report. So you guys know there is indeed a solid case of vote fraud in California, something that you can sink your teeth into. And maybe perhaps we can get petitions going in California to get something, the ball rolling in that regards, because again, if this happened at UC Santa Barbara, there's no telling where else this could have happened. Uh, you know, and, and there's a, I mean, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I will bet you $5 that California went red. And by the time we are done with all of this forensic voting and figuring out what happened in the 2020 elections, we might well see a different color over at that currently, deep blue state of California. All right, guys, you can take that one to the bank. Help out Mr. Cole over there in Santa Barbara because uh, he needs the support. That's for damn sure. And if not, uh, more people can go ahead and kind of help out now. Uh, our last story for California tonight, <coughs> pardon me, 
Our last story for California tonight deals with California's budget. Yes, we were just talking about that not too long ago, but apparently within the budget that was just passed over in the state of California, they are allowing illegal aliens to have free health care. Oh, I wondered why all of the Californians are running over to the state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and then some, uh, well, this is, God, you know, I feel bad. Like they have what this, the highest state taxes, federal income, income, like what kind of state throws income taxes on the state level to their, uh, to their citizens? I guess California does. And then they have the, uh, federal income tax to pay on top of everything else that Californians are paying. It's no wonder that they're bleeding Californians over in the state of California. They're just running away and uh, trying to bring their same uh, will and thoughts over to other states in the union. But according to this article, uh, it says that uh, California taxpayers will soon be footing the health care bill for older illegal immigrants as part of recently approved state budgets as part of the bill, which Gavin Newsom was expected to sign by July 1st. That is the beginning of their fiscal year. Uh, yet another reason to recall Gavin Newsom, it appears. The budget deal will guarantee coverage for low-income, undocumented immigrants older than 50. The plan was initiated by Democrats who've said they have wanted to ensure everyone has health care insurance. The coverage set to take effect in 2022 will cost Californian taxpayers $1.3 billion per year. The funding comes on top of the millions that Californians are already spending each year to try and help ensure residents have insurance coverage. Despite this, nearly 3.2 million Californians who will remain uninsured, making up 9.5% of the state. So we have 3.2 million Californians that will be uninsured. Granted, 1.3 million of that 3.2 million are illegal immigrants who are under the age of 65. Um, but that still leaves what? 1.9 million Californians uninsured who uh, don't have insurance, but we're going to fit the bill for illegal aliens, right? Who are over the age of now, you know, I believe in peace. I believe in, you know, helping other people. But I mean, if these people aren't even paying taxes, I mean, there's no question to it. Anyways, if you got, you guys know what I'm saying here. Um, now, on top of giving aid to these undocumented illegal aliens, the budget will also eliminate the asset test when people are applying for Medicaid. So what's the asset test? Well, basically the asset test required people over the age of 65 to be low income in order to receive free health care. Um, another requirement of this Medicaid res uh, recipiency, I think I just made up a word, uh, would be that your assets could not exceed $2,000 for a single person or $3,000 for a couple. And that would include items like cash and even some jewelry. Well, they're removing that. So they don't care anymore if you have any assets. If you're over the age of 50 or of 65, you will receive free medical Medicaid, even if you are an illegal immigrant. Now, the removal of the asset test will enable 17,802 people to come into the Medicaid program and will cost Californian taxpayers $220 million per year, according to the Department of Health Care Services. Ladies and gentlemen in California, I hope and pray that the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom comes out in spades and he is uh, taken away 
from his overreaching and quite expensive control over in the state of California. Indeed, my prayers are going out to you all at this time, hour, and moment. All right, that wraps up California news. Let's go ahead and head over to the state of Arizona. Oh, it seems like we're staying west of the Rockies today here at the Sea Report. Just kidding. We're going to flip over to Georgia after this uh, news over there in uh, in Arizona. Now, not too much by way of the Arizona audit. Okay, obviously, if you've been following along with the Arizona audits, you know that today they evacuated the Veterans Memorial Stadium. Do I got an image of that for you guys up here? Let's see here. Boom, there's the Veterans Memorial Stadium or uh, Coliseum, I should say. So uh, yeah, they uh, they exited the Veterans Memorial Coliseum today. That is the Arizona audit that was taking place over there. Um, what happened was they vacated the uh, Coliseum and 2.1 million ballots. Yes, that's right. Those that they were inspecting as well as voting equipment were moved over to the Wesley Bolin building uh, on the same grounds as the Veteran Memorial's Coliseum there. Now, to be sure, the materials are being protected around the clock by security guards as well as surveillance cameras that will be live streaming from the inside of the Wesley Bolin building for security purposes. Because we already know about the shenanigans that went over in Georgia, right? The, the ballots that were supposedly secure were broken into, right? And now they're trying to get the video footage from inside and around that building to see exactly what happened, what shenanigans were going on. And then also we know about during that fraud it, a true fraud it, the New Hampshire Wyndham Township, uh, you know, and what happened with them when they were supposedly live streaming uh, the ballots overnight. And then that went dead for an hour and a half, right? So yeah, they're definitely going to be keeping a live stream on these ballots, for security purposes, but that's all that we have by way of uh, information in regards to what's going on over there. Oh yeah. Also let's not forget uh, the Arizona Senate is still fighting to get uh, subpoenaed um, materials, including the routers and the passwords and logins for the Dominion voting machines and the router systems. Uh, they just, they just, they even just wanted a digital copy from the routers, but they would not even provide them that so they will be moving forward with litigation to obtain those because they have such integrity over there at the Arizona audit that they cannot complete the report until they've actually gotten their hands on the routers. And of course, we're seeing how the liberals, the Democrats, the progressives, the, uh, the uh, Marxist communists and socialists are fighting not to hand those over, including the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. Uh, they're also fighting against that. And in fact, I think it was Jack Sellers, the Republican County Board person over there, had released a statement, again, undermining, and I'm sorry, I don't have it here with the, with me tonight, guys. I actually uh, forgot to put that in the report. It was it was there, though, in my notes, uh, that he uh, had released a statement, again, undermining the uh, vote um, um, audit, the forensic audit that was taking place over there. And, uh, you know, using using a big words like he's a big man, even though they know the hammer is coming down on them. Uh, they know the hammer's coming down. There's not a darn thing they can do about it. But he says in his statement, well, you can't question the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. You simply don't have the authority to it. And again, they're falling back on the whole thing that they had uncertified, you know, auditors going in there in Arizona. But we all know that uncertified 
you know, if you're certified, it basically means that you're playing the game and you're in the loop and you're working with these black hat actors over there, whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. So yeah, we don't got to listen to Jack, the likes of Jack Sellers. He is a, he is a sellout. Jack Sellers is a sellout and a traitor to his kind. He's definitely a rhino. That is for sure. Republican in name only. All right. Let me see what I got on my picture screen here for you guys next. Aha! Yes, we're moving to the Supreme Court. <coughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about uh, this has to do with Arizona still. Now, Arizona, uh, they had passed some election integrity uh, bills, you know, over there in the state of Arizona. Well, the Democrat Party had something to say about that. Uh, they wanted them uh, to appeal to that. They, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Now, this was election integrity. So in a surprise turn of events, the Supreme Court actually ruled in favor of election integrity laws that was passed in Arizona. Now, this was going between uh, A.G. Bronovich. So I guess A.G. Bronovich stepped up again for the state of Arizona. Good for him. Um, and now uh, this was against the uh, Democrat National uh, Committee there in the state of Arizona. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And Supreme Court. And basically what this had to deal with was ballot harvesting. Okay, that was one of the issues that they had. And the other issue that they had over there, these Democrats, was um, a law against out of precinct voting. Okay, so basically, uh, this uh, integrity law for elections that had been passed in Arizona was to ensure that you could not harvest ballots. In other words, a third party could not collect ballots for you. And that also you had to vote within your precinct. Now, these are two things that basically almost all the states in the union uh, have on their books. You can't ballot harvest and you can't vote outside of your precinct. Not hard to deal with, right? Not hard to deal with. Well, the DNC appealed that that was House Bill 2023 and that that banned ballot harvesting and out of precinct voting. Um, but the DNC over there in Arizona said that this violated the Federal Voting Rights Act. Okay. And it went all the way to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, everyone knows the history of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Everyone knows that when things go there, they tend to go uh, south for, you know, constitutional and America minded individuals and states uh, because the Ninth uh, Circuit Court of Appeals was was very much filled with snakes and treasonous, uh, unconstitutional minded people. Of course, we know that President Trump successfully got a judge or two in there to kind of start to balance it out. Uh, but it got all the way to the Ninth Court Circuit Court of Appeals, and when it didn't go through, it didn't it didn't do well through there. It went to the Supreme Court. Now the Supreme Court uh, ruled in a six to three ruling that they would strike down this appeal by the DNC over there in the state of Arizona and uphold Arizona state law and keep these uh, um, these uh, actions for integrity in our elections, uh, keep them in place. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that this Supreme Court ruling happens only a week after A.G. Merrick Garland sued the state of Georgia for the same thing. So this does not bode well in the case of precedence for A.G. Merrick Garland and the Biden administration DOJ when it comes to suing Georgia, because they think that this is uh, this is against the Voters' Right Act. 
Voter right, Voting Rights Act. They think that this has to do with racism. Right. So this isn't going to this isn't going to do well. This isn't going to do well at all for A.G. Garland. Not at all. Not for Biden's DOJ. It's not going to do well for them at all, because apparently if uh, Arizona can set the precedence by way of the Supreme Court, they pretty much lost their case. So we'll see what happens in that case. But here's what it had to do. This is why the Democrats said this was violating the Voting Rights Act. Uh, it's Section 2 specifically that this was violating for them. It said Section 2 of the law forbids voting practices that result in a denial or abridgment of the rights to vote on account of race, color, or language minority status. And it provides that such a result is established if jurisdictions, political process are not equally open to members of such a group in that they have less opportunity to participate in the political process and to elect representatives of their choice. Right. So banning voting harvesting, uh, ballot harvesting and banning voting out of your precinct is obviously racist here, right? Because it makes it harder for minorities to vote. Well, they also got to prove intent in this right now. Arizona, like other states, enforces rules to promote the order and integrity of its elections. The out-of-precinct policy excludes provisional ballots cast in person on Election Day outside of the voters' designated precinct, and the ballot collection law known as HB 2023 allows only specific persons such as a family member or a household member, a caregiver, a mail carrier, or an election official to handle another person's completed early ballot. Now think about what happened in Minnesota with uh, with um, the district over there. Uh, they're not called districts in Minnesota. I can't remember what they're called, the quadrants or, or I don't know, whatever they're called. But uh, with uh, Ilhan Omar, they had this whole ballot harvesting scheme over there. We actually caught them on video. We shared that with C-Report uh, viewers back in February or March uh, of them harvesting the ballots of individuals in this uh, this uh, living area, precinct, district, whatever you want to call it. It's not what it's called over there. But um, and they were literally like paying off people and bullying elderly people and, and paying people in these. Uh, and this was mainly in Muslim areas in Minnesota. Caught on film, this guy just bragging about all these ballots and all this money he was making. That's the idea behind uh, ballot harvesting by a third party. Now, according to this law passed in Arizona, it could only be a caregiver, a family member, a household member, a mail carrier, or an election official that collects those ballots. It's just saying that someone other than that can't do that, okay? And most states require voters to vote in their own precincts. That's around 20 of them. 20 states limit ballot collections by third parties. So that's even less than half of the states. So Arizona is just joining the 20 states that limit collections by third parties. They need it in Minnesota. Let me tell you what, because they were running an entire ring over there, just being able to do that. Well, in regards to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, motion, uh, Justice Alito wrote, again, the Supreme Court again concluded that Arizona's out-of-precinct policy and also their ballot request policy did not violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Again, the Supreme Court ruled it did not violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. Well, Justice Alito wrote about this, that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals misunderstood and misapplied Section 2 
and exceeded its authority in rejecting the district court's factual finding on the issue's uh, legislative intent. Okay, so in other words, they're saying here that, uh, yeah, this law is not intending to make it harder for minorities to vote. Obviously, uh, you know, the funny thing about this, whenever they make these moves, the DNC or whomever it is, it's never some minority complaining. It's never a minority saying I couldn't get to the voting ballot box because it's out of my precinct. They're never complaining about this. They, you never hear a minority or someone who's actually affected by this. You never have them signing an affidavit saying it was harder for me to vote because this law was passed or it was harder for me to vote because this law already exists. Like you never hear that. And then they gaslight and play on the emotions of the, the feeble-minded American liberals out there. Um, and they give them these stories that, oh, that poor person of color couldn't go vote because this exists or because they're passing this law. You never hear it from someone who's actually affected by this. And, and then the feeble-minded liberal American out there who hears these stories, okay, uh, like it, it never occurs to them that uh, we're living in the year 2021, okay? Like, if someone really wants to vote, they're going to go vote, okay? They're taking advantage of these feeble-minded liberal Americans, okay? They're taking advantage of them just so that they have a talking point. And they're making, I mean, okay, take, for example, what Judge William Fletcher said. In regards to this case, Judge William Fletcher, who is a Clinton appointee, this is what he had to say. He said Arizona's policy of wholly discarding out of precinct ballots and criminalization of the collection of another person's ballots have a discriminatory impact on American Indians, Hispanics, and African-American voters in Arizona in violation of the results test of Section 2 of the VRA. So he's saying that it's harder for me, a Hispanic person, to vote because I can't vote out of precinct. What? Do we not have any voting ballot uh, centers uh, in uh, the precinct? Uh, because, uh, you know, if you have to vote out of your precinct, you have to go out of your way. You have to go, like, way out of your way to vote out of precinct. So it's easier for me to walk to my precinct to vote in my precinct where my uh, physical dwelling is located than it is for me to vote out of precinct. It makes no sense, Mr. Fletcher. It makes no sense at all, okay? Now, he says, the ballot collection ban was enacted with discriminatory intent in violation, okay, right? And he says, the uh, the Arizona rules are unfair because American Indian voters and other minorities and renters and poor people are disadvantaged because they have difficulty receiving and sending mail. I would like to see an American Indian, another minority, a renter or a poor person complain that they can't have someone other than a family member, a household member, an election representative or a or a post office worker pick up my ballot. Why do I need some Yahoo picking it up when I already have these four or five different legally bound individuals who can pick up my ballot, Mr. Fletcher? Why are you being racist, Mr. Fletcher, and assuming that I as Hispanic or a minority can't take care of this on my own? 
If you ask me, this Mr. Fletcher, this Clinton appointee, this judge, this judge, William Fletcher, he's the racist here because he's assuming as someone who has white privilege that I can't go do this on my own. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the irony of this whole situation. He's, 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 what is it? He's white splaining everything for we minorities when it comes to voting. And it's okay for him to do it as a white person, right? Oh my goodness. I'm starting to sound like a liberal. Forgive me, my dear audience. I don't mean to go up, but I mean, the irony in here is what, I mean, as a Hispanic minority, I can clearly say that Mr. Judge William Fletcher, a Clinton appointee, does not have any grounds to make these statements. How about we have some American Indians who are affected by this fighting for this cause? We don't need you to to throw your 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 I don't know. This is just okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're done with this story. I think we've totally debunked it here on the air at the C report. Uh, but thank goodness that the Supreme Court upheld this law passed in Arizona. It's not going to bode well for A.G. Merrick Garland when he tries to sue the state of Georgia and win. Because we have precedents now, ladies and gentlemen, that it is not it is not with the intent of racism and making it hard for minorities to vote when we pass these voter integrity laws, ladies and gentlemen. Clearly, it is not. Oh, who is that? <laughs> you all know who that fuddy-duddy is. That is the Secretary of Snakes, Brad Raffensperger. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's close out today's C-Report with this story. And then don't forget... For those of you who want to hang tight, for those of you who have not seen the interview, uh, sorry, not the interview, the town hall with President Trump and Hannity, he had a town hall yesterday. We are going to air it after this story. So hang tight. We're still, we're not, we're not out of the thick of it yet. All right. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Brad Raffensperger. Okay. So he's now a weasel. <laughs> we know everybody that Brad Raffensperger has been trying to replace the blame. He takes no responsibility for his duties as a secretary of snake over in the state of Georgia. He takes absolutely no responsibility for his actions. Okay. We'll outline that here now. Um, so basically there's two different things that we're going to call on. We're going to call out Brad Raffensperger on in tonight's show at the sea report, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now, Brad Raffensperger was called out hardcore by Just the News. Justthenews.com, over there, you know, uh, you know the, the, they've been covering a lot of this election, election, uh, election fraud. Now, John Solomon, he's been on the ball, just like the Gateway Pundit, just like Bannon's War Room. They've been on the ball, just like the Epoch Times. They've been on the ball. Uh, at least on a national level in regards to what's going on with election uh, fraud happening in 2020. Now, a couple of weeks, maybe about a week ago, Just the News broke a story about a, um, about a report that came from Carter Page, uh, Carter Jones, sorry, Carter Page is someone else. My bad. Carter Page is another back bad actor. Carter Jones released a 29-page report that John Solomon um, and Just the News published which basically outed Brad Raffensperger and his attorney, Ryan Germany, as knowing full well all the shenanigans that were going on at, uh, <laughs> what was it called again, ladies and gentlemen? I forgot the name of the arena, the stadium over there in Georgia where they were counting all the ballots. Oh gosh, my, my memory, guys. It's like when I get something new in there, something old falls out. Uh, anyways, I was calling it the Honda Civic Center. <laughs> 
<laughs> last week. Anyways, okay, so <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so um, okay, so over there is what was it the Toyota Center or the Pepsi Center or something? Anyways, okay, so somebody, I'm calling in, a, I'm, I'm 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 phoning in a friend over there in the chat room. <laughs> okay, so anyways, okay, so uh, um, Brad Raffensperger has his attorney, his panty boy attorney, Ryan Germany, hire uh, someone to take notes and and basically to be their eyes on the ground over there in Georgia, in Fulton County, in Atlanta, right? Um, and so uh, uh, his panty boy lawyer, uh, Ryan Germany, hires a panty boy uh, guy named uh, uh Carter Jones. Carter Jones takes neurotic notes of everything that's happening in Atlanta on election night. Yes, State Farm Arena. Thank you so much, just to be your lifesaver. Uh, so this uh, this uh, Carter Jones takes neurotic notes over at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta during this whole election process. Right, he's taking neurotic notes, like notes. It's twenty nine page report, and then there was a fifteen page addition to that addendum. I guess you'd call it. Right. Okay. So this is where and we shared we showed you guys the report here on the C report we had the receipts and you know it's talking about lack of chain of custody it's talking about total mismanagement it's talking about all this chaos right nothing is going the way it should people are getting PO'd people who are hired to work this event don't even care they want to FS up you know they want to mess things up like you know it's total disarray going on at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta Georgia okay so just the news reports on this right well, <laughs> we're not going to play it here, but John Solomon actually interviews Brad Raffensperger about this entire shenanigan. It's it's gold, ladies and gentlemen. And if you can't tell the weasel by the way he looks, you can definitely tell it by the way he sounds. And if you can't tell it by the sound of his voice, you can definitely read it in the words of his choice. Like Brad Raffensperger is totally washing his hands of everything that is his responsibility for elections as a secretary of snake in the state of Georgia, washing his hands. He already said, well, it's not my fault as the secretary of state. It's the fault of the uh, counties and the election workers in the counties. And it's the fault of the people who are running the elections in uh, the county level over there. Uh, all I do is collect the information and the numbers. I have nothing else to do with the elections in the state of, uh, of, of Georgia. Now look at that face right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is the face of a worried man. He knows his days are numbered. He knows he has failed his mission. He knows that he is a total abject failure as a secretary of snake and for whomever he's working for. He knows that he's in trouble. He's in trouble with whoever paid him. And he's in trouble with the American people, ladies and gentlemen. He is his numbers up. And now he's totally washing his hands. So in this interview with John Solomon, Secretary of Snakes, Brad Raffensperger, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about two of the main points here. Okay. Now, in regard to the mishandling of the election process in Fulton County in Atlanta, okay, or Atlanta in Fulton County, in regards to how this was mishandled, Brad Raffensperger comes back and says, well, it is definitely time that the state of Georgia takes over the election process that happened in Atlanta, Georgia.
So now he's saying, well, you know, it, it was it was mishandled at a county level. And now I, Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of State of Georgia, are going to swoop on in with my Superman Kate cape and we're going to take over this election. We're going to take over what happened. It, it's about time that the state got involved with the county elections. Wow, Brad Raffensperger, now you're going to do your job? Wow. I mean, uh, we, we should we should feel absolutely secure with the fact that this man is finally going to do something. He's actually going to do his job, even though even though we have the recordings of him trying to convince President Trump that all of President Trump's data was wrong in regards to what happened in Georgia on election night and election night plus five at the State Farm Arena, even though we have it on audio recording that Brad Raffensperger was trying to tell President Trump, oh, don't believe thine eyes, President Trump. You did not see them pulling out uh, boxes and totes of ballots from underneath the table that was on the security. Obviously, President Trump, your eyes deceive you. Right, Raffensperger. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, what, uh, what, what Brad Raffensperger said was, uh, in regards, because, uh, John Solomon questioned him about this, uh, 29 page report from Carter Jones, um, and, and Raffensperger addressed his monitor's detailed report of irregularities in Atlanta's counting center. And, uh, he says what Carter Jones said was it's all this mismanagement. The upside, the positive note, Raffenberger, Raffensperger says, was that he did not see illegality or ballot stuffing. Hello, in Carter Jones' 29-page report, he even says, he says, oh, what was that guy's name? Uh, Rudy Jones or, or Ralph Jones, the guy who was in charge of, uh, of, um, of uh, what's that, that Shea Moss and that, that Ruby Freeman? Uh, yeah, he even said uh, uh, Rudy Jones is, or Ralph Jones is currently stuffing the same ballots. I mean, he said it in his own report. Now, here's the thing that's really disgusting, okay, is that Brad Raffensperger is trying to wash his hands of what happened on a county level. Again, look at that face. This man is scared. He's very afraid. He's trying to wash his hands, okay? But the thing about it is, is that Carter Jones, again, hired by Raffensperger attorney uh, Ryan Germany, Carter Jones was in contact with Ryan Germany in real time during this entire process. In fact, we even showed you a picture of Ryan, of Carter Jones's notes that said, called Ryan Germany to let him know they're still counting, even though they sent everybody home at uh, what, almost till midnight, and they were still counting at to 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. Okay, a note that says, called Ryan Germany, like Carter Jones was in touch with Ryan Germany and with Brad Raffensperger this entire time that it was going down at the uh, State Farm Arena in Atlanta. He was in touch with him. And yet now Brad Raffensperger is saying, oh, well, the state's going to swoop in and take care of this. That's what we're going to do. Um, and, 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 and he also reassured the people of Georgia that they're going to challenge Biden's J Department of Justice lawsuit against Georgia. Oh, so now Brad Raffensperger is going to come and save the day in the state of Georgia. A little too late, Monsieur Secretary of Snakes. Brad Raffensperger a little too late. Now, here's the other thing that Brad Raffensperger is washing his hands of in the state of Georgia. <laughs> it has to do with how he mysteriously and magically cleaned out the voter rolls in the state of Georgia, right? 
again, a little bit too late, Mr. Secretary of Snakes. And uh, and so basically, Mr. Raffensperger saying, well, you know, I wanted to clean out the voter rolls uh, from the state of Georgia. I wanted to clean them out a long time ago, but I couldn't, he says. The reason why he says he couldn't do it is because of uh, of some of some federal rule that had been put into place back in 1993. This was called the 1993 Voter Registration Act. And and uh, Mr. Raffensperger, a rhino, a rhino in face, he made it a point to say the 1993 Voter Registration Act was put in place by Democrats and signed into law by Bill Clinton himself. Right. And because of that, Georgia could not clean out their voter rolls and it was too late to do it in the 2020 election. Okay. Because this is how it went down, ladies and gentlemen. According to him, according to the data, actually, according to this uh, 1993 Voters Registration Act, you have you can only clean out the voter rolls, make any kind of adjustments you need nine uh, at the at the bare minimum or at the bare actually the bare maximum ninety days until the election for a primary or general election. So 90 days out is the last point where you can clean out the voter rolls. And what did they do during the primaries in Georgia in 2020? Okay. And during the runoffs, they pushed their primary date back. So they had to get it up until the general election, November 3rd. They managed to push their primaries from March all the way until August 11th. They scheduled their primaries till August 11th. So it was within the 90 day window and they could no longer clean their voter rolls. That's the excuse that this secretary of snakes, Brad Raffensperger used. Okay. He actually successfully scapegoated the Democrats on this one, but guess what, Brad Raffensperger, we got your number here at the C report because you were serving in office as a secretary of snake in the state of Georgia, as early as January, 2019, you had an entire damn year to clean out those voter rolls in the state of Georgia. And yet you're going to use and scapegoat the Democrats by this 1993 registration bill just to wash your hands. So you can look like the savior in the state of Georgia, when everybody knows that you lied about everything, you knew everything that was going on, you knew exactly what was happening on the ground, you had your attorney's panty boy, Carter Jones, there taking notes and calling him almost on the daily to give him the updates, even to tell him there's no chain of custody here. They're really messing up the chain of custody. Like it's in the notes, Brian, Brad Raffensperger. It's all there for us to see. And now we can see why you have that very big look of worry on your face. Because your number's up there, sir, Mr. Secretary of Snakes, Brad Raffensperger. And it's my hope here at the Sea Report that the state of Georgia won't even have a forensic audit. They're just going to decertify the mother. Because let me tell you what, it's in the state of Georgia, everything's coming out in the daylight. All of the shenanigans and schemes are coming out broad and clear in the state of Georgia I say, why even have a forensic audit? We know that there was voter fraud. It's on record by their own people. Just to certify it, let Garland Favorito do his um, his uh, high high uh, um, DPI um, scanning imaging of the ballots. But really, in the end, ladies and gentlemen, they have them on film. They're subpoenaing everybody, 
it's a bust. Georgia is a bust. But you know what? Just for just for uh, giggles and gags, let's go ahead and do a forensic audit in the state of Georgia. I say just I say just decertify it, ladies and gentlemen. Why not just decertify Georgia? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the news portion for today <laughs> at the Sea Report. I hope this was timely and uh, uh, you know good. <laughs> I hope this was a good a good reporting for you guys there today. Now. We're going to spend the last few moments here at the Sea Report uh, checking out the um, President Trump town hall that happened yesterday here in the state of Texas. Let me go ahead and get that on the screen for you guys. All right. Now, this town hall took place with this man. One Sean Hannity hosted the town hall over there in the state of Texas. Well, over here. Why am I saying over there? Right? It was over here in the state of Texas. All right. So if you guys saw it, you know, uh, and you got some fox hopping to do. Hey, guys, we will. Thank you for joining us. You know, check out the other shows. If you didn't see it, hang out with me here on the Sea Report. I'll be in the chat hanging out with you guys. And uh, we'll go ahead and get to listen to the words of our president, President Donald Trump and his town hall meeting with uh, um, Sean Hannity. So uh, let's go ahead and get that going for you guys on the screen. Joining us right now, right here in South Texas, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Thank you. 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 Okay, I just have one minor complaint. I did not get that reaction when I came out. Thank you, Mr. President. Hi, Sean. Boy, you know, I guess one question. Um, if I ask this crowd, uh, do you miss them yet? I think I know the answer. You and Melania Trump came down that escalator. You talked about securing our country's borders. You had to fight hard to get the money to build 500 miles of wall, yeah. to stay in Mexico policy. You built the wall. You ended catch and release. Now we see what's happening. Your reaction to all of it. Well, there has never been a better time six months ago, and there's never been a worse time. We had the tightest security. You could come into our country legally. But you know what else we were stopping? Massive amounts of drugs, human traffickers, bad, bad people, criminals. They're emptying their jails into our country. You know, other countries are emptying their jails into our country. We never had it better, and now we've never had it worse. So the history of our country, I just saw, we're with the governor, the lieutenant governor, we're with Ken, we're with a whole group. I think the largest contingent of Congress, Congress people ever at the border, from what I understand, 
think they're mostly here too, by the way. I see them. A lot of them right in front of us. We have the largest. We have the, we even have Doc Ronnie, right? So my doctor in the White House who became a congressman. By the way, Ronnie, would you mind giving Joe a cognitive test? Uh, President Sippy Cup, I don't know how well he's going to do, but anyway, I won't get you in trouble. He gave you, I mean, we, uh, we aced it. I think I can say that I aced it. Did he, get one, he didn't get one question wrong, did he? 30 out of 30. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they did get a little more difficult after you got by 15, I would say. But I heard the first three questions are, is it a giraffe or an elephant, right? Well, you know, that's what the fact is. is they take the first two or three questions yeah. and, they put the, and they put them in. But let me tell you, they would not get those last 15 right, certainly not the last 10 that I can tell you. But anyway, but we have uh, we have a border that's very bad right now and very dangerous for our country. And uh, fortunately, we have a lot of great people in Texas, in particular, the job. You know what's fascinating? All of a sudden, Biden is blaming you I know. for the current crisis and for misinformation. They've done it for five years, six years, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I told you the story, I told Sean the story. I'd go around, people would say, sir, do you know anything about Russia? This is what I'm running years ago. I'd say, no, no. A month later, do you know anything about Russia? Another guy comes up, sir, do you know anything about, then I get a call from, do you know anything about Russia? I'd say, what's going on with Russia? And it was the Russia hoax. That was misinformation. Now they're saying it was the Republican party that wanted to defund the police. You hear that, Billy? Billy's not a big defunder of the police, I can tell you. The Republican Party wants to defund the police. This just started yesterday. I don't know how to get away with that one, but all you have to do is, you know, the good thing with you, you take the old clips. There's no I, I, I played the greatest hits last night, sir. Yes, I, I played them all. You know, when you, when you look at what else is happening, too, and it's interesting that states like Florida and South Dakota and I don't, I, many others, they're offering Texas and Arizona support now. That's right. And they're law enforcement, because in the dark of night, they're taking illegal immigrants, flying them into these states, and now the states are responsible right. for food and shelter and health care and education. They can't And the states it. don't even know they're coming. They bring people in, and the states don't even know. They say, here, you're taking this. It's an allotment. It's called an allotment. And the governors, Republican governors, are... By the way, you look at the well-run states, it's all done by, for the most part, Republican governors. All of them, in terms of crime, in terms of everything else. Now we have great Republican governors, we really do. So the, the policies that have been reversed, Joe hasn't come to the border. You've been here many times. Kamala really didn't come to the border. It seemed like a photo op to me. What would you want them to know that they don't know, or maybe they do know, and they don't seem to care about? Well, Kamala wouldn't have come if she didn't hear I was coming. Oh, I was sure. invited by the governor. And I said yes. And I said yes. Because we were very proud of the job we did. Nobody's ever done the job that we've done. We built over, now I guess it's close to 500 miles of wall. And we're going to build an extra 200 because we had money left over. We're going to do an extra 200. Mm -hmm. And nobody's ever done this and all he had to do is go another two months and the wall would have been totally completed and by the way they have to paint the wall i'm going to give that job to brian we have to paint great congressman we have to paint the wall because it's starting to rust it's supposed to be painted and they don't even want to paint the wall it's 
so disgraceful. Two more months, everything would have yeah. been completed. And they said, just like with the Keystone Pipeline, they're not going to do it. 48,000 jobs out the window and an environmental pipeline, much better than other forms of transportation for the product. So it's it, when you look at what's happening and inflation is going to be the killer of them all because inflation is going to destroy our country. The border is going to destroy our country. The else is going to destroy our country. Bad elections, phony elections, going to destroy our country. That's going to destroy our country. I want to get to all of that. If, if Donald Trump, and we had a hard time getting video. There were even congressmen, and I know Louie was part of it. I know that Senator Ted Cruz was down here and, and many others. I, I'm not ignoring a lot of you. And I know that if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't allow our cameras in the new cages they were building for kids. Yeah. Now, in 2018, they accused you of putting children in cages. It turns out the video was from 2014. Right. You were not president. Now, Joe Biden is building these cages in the middle of a pandemic, high rate of positive cases of COVID, yep. kids living on top of each other. Imagine for a second, what would, it, what, what would the press have been like and Democrats been saying if you had built these new cages, which they're building all over here? But I really had that because in 2018 and even after 2018, they came out with these horrible pictures and somebody came up and said, well, was the contractor. He said, but I built those cages in 2014 during Obama's administration. And it wasn't Trump, it was Obama that built those cages. Got a little bit lucky. And after we said that, all of a sudden the whole cage thing went away. But now they're building them again because there's so many kids coming in. And you know, many of the kids are on suicide watch, something we've never heard of. Think of that. It's so miserable, it's so hot, it's like hell. I mean, I just walked, I will say, Although right now I think it was hotter in New York than it was in Texas. It was 101 degrees in New York. This was like I got here it was like cool, but um, their kids are on suicide watch. Think of that. Sad. It's uh, it's a terrible. Thing. Look at 90 percent of the heroin crosses that southern border. Yeah. Now fentanyl. We've got the two biggest fentanyl busts in the history of the country. We're losing over 300 Americans a week. In some cases, more. It's the worst thing of all. A sheriff just said at a meeting we had, we had a round table, and these sheriffs are incredible. The law enforcement in Texas and other places. He said, and I didn't even know that. He said, for the end of our administration, we had fentanyl virtually stopped. Now he said it's coming in at levels that we've never seen before. We had it stopped. It was very tough to get. It was nasty. Getting through our border, especially with almost... The 500 miles of wall, it was nasty to get through. And these people, and I gave them the right to stop people. Now, they're not even allowed to talk to people. You're not allowed to talk to people. But again, people coming in is bad. Prisoners and real serious criminals of the murderers walking in. I'll never forget, I'm watching, of all places, CNN, okay? This was a short-term watch. And they had a reporter. No, this is before. I well, can't they... hear you. What is that? Uh -huh. <laughs> well, now their ratings are down 79%. This was <laughs> I'm watching CNN, and a woman reporter is asking, what did you do? What did you do? It's a very famous lip. And this guy looks at her, murder. She said, what? Murder. And she immediately, they cut off the camera. That was the end of that. But we have... 
thousands of hardened criminals like we don't even have in this country, practically. MS-13, we took them out by the thousands. You know, I told the story just now we had the border. The three countries, primarily Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador, MS-13 and other criminals were coming out and they wouldn't take them back in the Obama administration. They refused to take them back. They would have planes on the runway. So when our plane would want to land, they couldn't land. They would stop the buses. And I said, well, do we pay these countries any money? They wouldn't take them back at the beginning of my, the three countries. I, I know the heads of the three countries, they're smart. They're very street smart dictators, okay? But they're very street smart people. And I like them, they like me, we get along, but you know, it's like uh, business is business. You know, they're evil, but they're not dumb. I don't know, they're not, look, we got along. I said, how much do we pay those countries? $500 million, sir, but what does that have to do with it, sir? Has everything to do, don't pay anymore. We didn't pay, and then I was called, so it's called, we stopped payment. You ever hear the term, we stopped payment, and we stopped payment. And then the next day I get a call from all three. President, you stop payment. No more money coming into the three countries. I said, that's right. You're not taking your criminals back. But we would love to. Nobody asked us properly. We would love to take our, we would love to take MS-13 back. They are wonderful people. I said, fine. We sent them back by the thousands. They took them yeah. by the thousands. But nobody's ever done that before. Nobody ever did it before. Do you have a theory, an idea? Because I, I, I really can't think of one, except that, you know, I, I think in years gone by, I would argue that there were Republicans that wanted illegal immigration because they get cheap labor. And I think that Democrats want to provide something of great worth, which would be amnesty yeah. citizenship. And you have rhinos. You do have rhinos. Look, the rhinos. There's a lot of rhinos out there. The rhinos sometimes, I may say. The rhinos of these people. You don't have any rhinos in this room. We've got our, we probably have. 45 congressmen here and women. Uh, you don't have any rhinos in this group, but you have rhinos. I call them weak Republicans. They walk into the White House. I've been watching for four weeks now. They walk in, they meet Biden. He doesn't know what the hell's happening. They meet Biden, he's sitting, and they're talking about infrastructure. And finally, they walk out, they have a deal. And the deal is a terrible deal, but it's a deal. And it sort of reminds me of England a long time ago. We have a deal. We have a deal. You remember the deal they made with Germany? Not too good. That didn't work out too well, right? But they reminded me, they, they walk out. We have a deal. We have a deal. And it was the typical names. There were a couple of good ones in there. I don't know how they got roped in, but they walk in. So they have a deal. And then Biden canceled the deal because the radical left said, you can't make that deal. That deal's no good. We want to spend $6 trillion. Well, and most of it... They would backdoor everything they didn't get in the deal. They would backdoor through the reconciliation process. Well, we need better leadership at the Senate level. You need better leadership. We need somebody better than Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell can no longer do the job. When you, you know, it was a very difficult process because I was covering it every night, and that was Congress was not assisting you for the money for the border wall, which was a signature promise that you made yeah. in 2016. But you found a way to get the money and build the wall. So what I did is I got a big military budget approved and I took it out of the military because the way I look at it, this is defense. I spent two and a half years winning lawsuits. We won all of the lawsuits, there were 11. We won every one of them. I started building the wall. It's two months from completion and this guy stops it. Yeah. And that's tragic and it's dangerous for Texas and Arizona and every other state. It's tragic. All right, we're gonna take a break. 
When we come back, we'll be joined by the governor of the great state of Texas straight ahead. Also, Sarah Carter will bring us an exclusive report from the southern border where migrants literally have been and continue to die taking this perilous journey. Governor Abbott will be here and much more, more with President Trump as we continue from South Texas. We're glad you're with us. What is that? The judge are recovering. Biden's border crisis is not only damaging to the country, but also presents what is a serious danger, a perilous journey to those crossing and trying to enter this country illegally. Watch this. Just down this road, uh, sheriff's deputies here in Brooks County, along with the judge, are recovering a body of a migrant. What they're saying is that the dehydration, the hot sun, the heat, um, and as well as the elements, other elements, in fact, a few of the bodies that have been recovered out here have been tested COVID positive. So they're dealing with a lot out here. And remember, this is just one county. Anytime you recover seven bodies within the six days, that's high volume, uh, and, and that's what we're experiencing. Now that we were tested for COVID, we had two that were positive out of that group. So you mean you know very well that you have others that are contaminated that are walking through or made it through, right? Right. Because these are left behind. They've got the bodies back to the truck with the raft. They're getting ready to smuggle them across. For people that are crossing in this heat, you know, uh, especially under this extreme weather conditions, is that part of your mission to search and rescue, of course, and and recovery? You know, a lot, oftentimes what will happen with these legal immigrants is they'll get lost and they do have cell phones and they'll just call 911 and say, I'm here and I'm lost, I don't know where I'm at. And with the technology now, we can be where there are, you know, individuals on the ground figure out where that call came from, but we can go in that area and find them. They get detached from the group, they get lost, dropped from the elements uh, with the South Texas heat. Uh, they don't have water, they get dehydrated, and that's when you start seeing more of these fatalities that are taking place in those specific areas. And right now in Brooks County, I believe they already encountered 49 deaths up until this year, which is a lot. All right, joining us now with more Fox News contributor, investigative journalist Sarah Carter. Sarah, you have, you have interviewed kids that are out there alone. Uh, you've talked to ranchers that recovered dead bodies. This is not uncommon, what you're reporting. No, it's no, it's not, Sean. It's not uncommon, and it's tragedy. If you think about it, um, we have over 22,000 kids right now, plus being held in camps all across the United States. That journey takes over a month. Uh, they've already found this year over 202 bodies, and those are the ones that they've recovered. Think about all the people they never recover because either the elements take them away, the animals, the environment. There's a lot of there's a lot of difficulty for our law enforcement when they're trying to do recovery operations. I want to put it to you this way. In 2019, 250 people were recovered. This year, we're only halfway through the year, and it's over 202. So, Sean, this is a very difficult time. This is a very perilous journey. A lot of children lose their lives even before they make it to the border, and I can't imagine how many more lose it, and we don't know that are here right now. All right, Sarah Carter, thank you. Uh, we're back with President Trump. Also joining us now 
the governor of the great state of Texas. God bless Texas. Greg Abbott is with us, Governor. Great to see you. You know, you've been very generous with your time coming on the show often, and you have pointed out that all you couldn't even send in your your child protective services to check on, do their job and check on kids. You know about ranchers finding dead bodies on their ranches. We know about the perilous journey, but the government won't even allow you to enforce the laws that they refuse to enforce. Now you're left with what, building your own fence? Exactly. He's not president? We, we, we in Texas have been left to our own devices to fend for ourselves. It's like we're some outpost somewhere along some territory that the federal government doesn't care about anymore. It's not like it was with President Trump. He cared about Texas. He stepped up to Texas. Here's having a hard time with We are supposed to be a nation of laws. Uh, if President Trump, uh, if he jaywalked, they'd want to impeach him, right? Let's be honest. But but here, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are picking and choosing not to enforce the laws of the land. And you don't have the authority as a governor to enforce it for them, so now you're, what, now you'll do the next best yeah. thing? So the, the first error that the Biden administration is making is they have abandoned the rule of law. They are not enforcing the immigration laws that have been passed by Congress. And hence, we have this complete open border policy. The state can make the same apprehensions that the Border Patrol can make, but we would just turn them over to the federal officials who believe in catch and release. So what Texas is doing because I declared a disaster, the penalties have increased for anybody trespassing, anybody who vandalizes anything, and they can, they're going to go to jail. We are working with sheriffs, men, these men and women in the White House behind me. Well, and, I want to be very clear here. So, so, Sean, real quick. Yeah. So what, what, we're, what I've been working for the last several weeks with these sheriffs on, we're going to start arresting people, putting people behind bars, putting them in jail, not giving them the red carpet treatment the Biden administration has been giving them. They, uh, they love the governor. He, he and I had a great relationship, along with a lot of other people in this room from Texas and from other states, in all fairness. But very special what Texas has been doing. And we, we had just, it was over. We stopped a lot of the drugs that were coming in, which is very tough to do. And they have some real criminals bringing this stuff in. They have the toughest people. These cartels, these are tough, smart people. They're like, they went to the Wharton School of Finance and graduated number one in their class. But they never did that. But they would have graduated number one. They're very, very tough and smart. And what they've been doing with human trafficking and drugs and all of the other things is a disgrace. We had it largely stopped. And in two months, three months, they ended. Stay in Mexico was so great. Stay in Mexico. They couldn't stay in this country. And they ended it. Uh, you take a look at the governor saying catch and release. I ended that. That's where you catch a criminal and you release them in our country. And then they're supposed to come back for a trial three years later. Uh, Louis Gomert, I would say they don't come back too often to trials, right? You would never see them. Is that correct, Louis? Louis is a great congressman, too. And uh, he's the only one that might be even tougher than us on the board. <laughs> but I will say this. Look, we had the relationship. Everything was good. You need the federal government. They need help from the federal government. I gave it to them times 10, and we did it. And then he comes in, and he stops building the wall. All you needed was two more months, and we would have had it completed. But even so, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and it really had such a huge impact. 
and the people had an impact and their sheriffs are and law enforcement generally in texas has done an unbelievable job but they're getting no support for the federal government. all right we gotta take a break we'll come back more with president trump governor abbott as we continue we're close to the texas mexico border and the problem that every state is now facing and we'll tell you how other states are stepping up to help the great state of texas and the state of arizona next Resting Nicaragua or with Central America because we, we, I lived there two years in Honduras and the rest in Nicaragua. I came to the United States in 1960. I won't tell you my age, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I came here legally and uh, it is really sad to see what's going on at our borders here. Question. My question is, President Trump, what long-term damage and destruction will Biden's open borders agenda do to the country and what is it costing law-abiding U.S. taxpayers? So it's a you know very fair question and I know you know that answer probably as well as everybody in this room. It's incalculable how bad this is. When you have not hundreds of thousands but millions of people storming into our country some of them, as we discussed, are from prisons and they're bad and they're murderers of all of the things that I said before. It is, there's no way to judge that kind of damage. And you know, getting them out is, a, is an ordeal and all sorts of things will happen. It's gonna be very hard, but I will say this, it has to be stopped now. This can't go till 2022. They all say, oh, we're gonna win Congress. This can't go, they have to do something immediately. People are storming up. You look at some of these caravans where they have 15 and 20 and 25,000 people, and you don't know who's in those caravans. And dotted in those caravans are some of the worst people on earth. So it's a tremendous cost. And it's also monetarily a tremendous cost. You're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars. Sean, can I add to it? Yeah. Janet, what's happening here is the erosion of the social fabric of the United States of America. The United States of America was built upon the rule of law. And what the Biden administration is doing is not enforcing the rule of law. The first thing that happens for all the people they're letting in, they know they're getting away with violating the rule of law that will erode the United States of America. It must be stopped. Thank you. Let me, let me pick up on, thank you, man. Thank you for calling. Governor, if we should take it personally, it wasn't Viva Ops, you know, just Tim. We'll just leave the stage and it'll, it'll be all Trump. <laughs> Let's talk a little politics. You're up, Governor, in, in 2022. Um, I like President Trump. I'm open with my opinions. All the fake news journalists, they say they're objective. We know they're not. Uh, they have an agenda. But you've done a great job for the state. I support your, your nomination as the president has. I guess the question is, let's talk about 2022 really good chance you'll be reelected. The House could turn Republican. And then we look at the states where the Senate races are. I don't think it could be a bigger bellwether. Florida, Georgia, North and South Carolina, New Hampshire, 
Uh, we have Ohio, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Those are all states we're very familiar with. How important is it for the Republicans to take those key Senate races? So I think without weak Republican rhino leadership, you'd win every one of them. Everyone. Dotted in there are people that you almost would say don't like this country. They don't like the Republican Party. With strong Republican leadership in charge of those states, you'll win every one of them. Without that, you won't. Governor, I'm going to give you, this is your last segment with us. What, what it means to you to be the conservative governor of Texas. Listen, even in Texas, remember this, Texas is also the state of people like Beto O'Rourke. And so what we have in the state, what we have in the state of Texas it, it is, is, is a battle for the soul of our economy. Are we going to be capitalist or are we going to be socialist? We've seen the socialist agenda through Beto O'Rourke and Julian Castro and people like that. Texas must prevail. We must keep Texas capitalism. Let me tell you this last thing that Democrats will not, and that is it's been capitalism, not socialism, that's lifted more, lifted more people out of poverty than all of the socialistic programs in the history of the world. We're not going to let the socialists take over now. I'll say this about Texas. It's so telling. If you take a U-Haul from California to Texas, it's about 2500 bucks. If you take it from Texas back to California, it's about 300 You're doing U-Haul a favor. Now, I know Texas is very inclusive, but if people are going to come from California and New York to Texas, I think it's fair to say that they need to leave their liberal policies that destroy their state. Fair, fair enough. Governor, we always love having you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much. All right. When we come back, we'll return uh, a few other questions for President Trump, non-border related, as we continue our town hall. Thank you for being with us. <laughs> All right, as we continue Hannity on the ground in Texas tonight, we continue with the former President Donald Trump. What a great crowd. We don't have a lot of time, but let's talk about your future plans. Now, I have a funny... Let me ask the crowd of everybody here, would you like to see the president running in in 2024? You're not going to answer, but I have to ask, where are you in the process of, or have, let me ask you this without giving the answer what the answer is, have you made up your mind? Yes. I think you got it right. <laughs> yeah. When you look, you know, what's funny because I've known you 25 years. I remember when you were first talking about running and we actually argued. Remember, we'd argue about certain things in Iraq and, and certain wars and everything. And then you became president. And I remember when I supported you, I said, I, I said, you will govern as a conservative and people didn't understand. You really governed as conservative as any president in the modern day. And that is your core belief. And actually, Sean, you have known me for a long time, and my views have never really changed. I mean, I've, if you look at my views, my views haven't changed. I felt this way about these crazy, endless wars where 
we're losing so many wonderful, young, beautiful people. And we're not fighting. We're just sort of there. And we don't do it. You know, we knocked out ISIS. You saw what I did during a short period of time. Over a period of a year and a half, wiped out the caliphate. ISIS. Wiped out the caliphate. It, it, was, uh, it was getting worse and worse. But we got to bring our people back home. It's time. 21 years in Afghanistan. 21 years. And so... Uh, we rebuilt our military. It was totally depleted. It was it was terrible. We had jets that were 40 years old, jet fighters that were 40 years old that they didn't make parts for anymore. You had to go to the desert to get the parts with what they call the airplane graveyards. And we have now all brand new planes, brand new everything, all made in the USA. No, we have to get we have to get ourselves set. We have to reorient. But uh, the Middle East has been a disaster for this country. We've spent trillions and trillions of dollars. We got nothing. And the beauty was we didn't need their oil anymore, but now we're going to need their oil again because we're not going to be energy independent. We're not. We're now. We're, I don't believe we are now. And you're, you're, when I left, it was $1.87 a gallon for gas. And now it's three and a half. It's almost $1.30 more yeah. just since Joe's gotten to be president. Let me ask you a question. Because I would argue, and I did argue on air often, that you treated a whole other standard for you. If you had sons that lied on a gun permit, threw a gun in a dumpster, uh, smoked crack, uh, got money from Ukraine with no experience, Kazakhstan no experience, Russia with no experience, a $100,000 shopping spree and a $1.5 billion deal with the Bank of China with military connections, I have a funny feeling that the media would go after you. It would be unrelenting. Why does Joe Biden get a pass? Uh, the Democrats get a pass. Hillary Clinton got a pass. The Democrats get a pass. You look at a guy like Bill Barr, they said they're going to impeach him. And once they said they're going to impeach him, he became a whole, he became afraid. He became afraid. I said, what's wrong with you? He became scared. They go after people. They go after him so hard and so viciously. And all of a sudden, that's what happens. Not in all cases. We have some people that are incredible. But you have some people that get brought over to the other side for fear. And we can't have that. We have to We have to fight so strong. Look at me. If they go after me with Mueller, with this one, with that one, with impeachment one, impeachment. I call it the impeachment hoax one and two. And all of this all nonsense made up stuff. In fact, they were the ones who were guilty. They come after me. New York radical left prosecutors come after me. You got to always fight. You got to keep fighting. It's a disgusting thing. It's very unfair. I guess they don't call politics a blood, blood sport for, for no reason. If you move forward, you know how difficult it is. But you seem ready to re-engage in, in that battle. And when it, you it's look, not that I want to. The country needs it. We we have to take care of it. I don't want to. Is this fun? Fighting constantly, fighting always. I mean, uh, it, the country, what we've done is so important. When I say the greatest tax cuts, now they want to raise your taxes. They want to double your taxes. And nobody, and the Republicans in the Senate and the House, but the Republicans in the Senate have to fight hard that the taxes don't get up because that'll be terrible for the country. I, I've known you for years. I've watched you for years at Trump Tower. I watched you all the years you were in the White House. You sleep maybe four hours a night, four and a half, five max. Um, you never stop working. Joe Biden averages less than one scheduled event a day. He gets up at 930. 
He gets his warm, milky, and sippy cup around 7 p.m. If he's good, he gets a night-night story. Now, in all seriousness, we saw what happened at the G7 where he just was paralyzed. You see what happens, how he struggles to communicate. I asked you, and you kind of punted the last time you were on, do you see a cognitive decline in Joe Biden? And, and what does that mean to America? Well, let me say it a little bit differently. He is surrounded by vicious people that are very smart, but they don't stand for the values that the people in this room stand for. He's a very smart people. I mean, he didn't campaign against me. He didn't debate well. He didn't make good speeches. He hid in the basement. I watched him on the State of the Union get up and speak and was terrible. It was, I don't want to go into that, but it was terrible. It was a terrible, and I thought he was going to get killed. And I had to watch your competition just to see what they were saying. Now, FDR was a great speaker. You remember some of the speeches he made were incredible. And the only thing you have to fear is fear itself with that beautiful, they compared him to FDR. Now, the good news is they've lost... You should have been watching Hannity. That was not always happening. No, I know. I watched that. Well, that one I could have predicted. (laughs) But no, but look, there was nothing good. It was embarrassing. And they were comparing him to FDR. Now, it was so embarrassing to watch that. I couldn't believe it. I was surprised. I watched specifically because I said, he's going to get killed. He didn't get killed. They said, great. And Nancy was sitting behind him with the single biggest mask I've ever seen. That was a... It was a large, it covered her entire face. I've never seen anything like that. No, I've never seen anything like that. I've got to run. And she didn't up. rip up your speech either. Like she did with you, Rip. Mr. President, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for your Thank you. More Hannity at our town hall on the ground in Texas. We'll wrap things up next. Wow. (laughs) What a way to wrap that up. Yeah. Yeah, please clap. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up there. I hope you guys enjoyed the C report for tonight, this first day of June. 2021. I had a good time hanging out with you guys. Uh, and always a good time whenever we have our president speaking on no matter what, no matter what, uh, no matter what program or show he might be on. I know it takes a little bit to stomach Hannity. Um, but uh, hey, uh, you know, they had that ta- they had the town hall there for us. They had a pretty lively audience. Uh, yes, uh, as a close up, looking up says, I'm angry with Fox. They all knew what was going on, yet no one said trying to stop it. Now they censor everything. Yep. Uh, Fox truly showed its hand, uh, especially on election night. Well, I will never forget. I was like, are we seeing what we're seeing? All right. The enemies are coming out of the shadows and they're showing us exactly who they are. And they always do. Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys had a great night tonight on the Sea Report. Thanks for hanging out in the chat room and uh, for being here with us in, uh, whether it was in body, mind, or spirit, it's always appreciate your support. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to Blonde Blue Lady Q, uh, Ohio Kimmy, Just V Persnick, Ohio Kimmy again, Henry 4570, Less 67, Nervous Nell 5, and Durdurius for making the gold pill donations today. Always appreciated it. 
whenever those come in. And also, uh, but you know, the joy for me is really just hanging out with you guys. So, um, and you guys are the ones who make this meaningful. So thank you for again for being here. And uh, well, we will be back tomorrow. Should be at the same place, should be at the same time. Uh, God willing, we will be back tomorrow. So join us tomorrow, why don't you, at 7.30 p.m. Texas time. That's Central Time. We'll be live for sure on the Foxhole app, as well as probably Twitch and Trovo, unless they kick me off at some point. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great night. Thank you again. Oh, wait, first let me release the scratch off before I forget. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the scratch off is released. Get to scratching. And hey there, classical chick. Good to see you. Uh, glad you got to hang out with us tonight as well. And I'm also going to scratch off a ticket myself because I was like, I can't believe that we actually get to scratch off tickets too. I had no idea. All right. I'm going to claim my pill. All right. Now I'm joining you guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a great night and we will see you again tomorrow here at the C Report. Until then, this is Mr. C signing out.